moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Roger. resistance chicks for your hosts leah and michelle so here's the deal the nashville shooter manifesto has been released yeah but of course as soon as it is released kapow super censorship super censorship yeah you can't michelle was like hey do you want to go live with us on facebook i was like i don't think so and of course it would have been another disaster absolute disaster of uh, censorship so, so then we've got jason whitlock he, is white supremacy the biggest existential threat to the united states well it seems that the uh, nashville shooter believes so and listened to the diversity equity inclusion and the critical race theory and went about shooting up christian ki white kids mm, exactly yeah. so i'm not sure that it's the biggest existential threat yeah yeah and i uh I, I've got Abby Johnson today to talk to conservatives about the uh, the big uh, the big, big Ohio yeah, deal abortion and pro life ev events. It's time for Christians to start talking about abortion, and we do not take these wishy washy lines. We've got that and so much more coming up right after these amazing messages from our sponsors. We're so glad that you're here. Many serving in the Australian government appear to have bought into totalitarianism as lawmakers there have introduced new legislation that would ban online content that's not officially approved. Their proposed digital code of conduct would use broad and vague guidelines to censor speech. The proposed legislation defines harm in a way that can be subjectively determined by the Australian government's communications and media authority. This agency would be enabled to interrogate citizens about their misinformation, and they'd have the power to levy fines and even put people in prison for spreading harmful information. Remember, they get to define what is harmful. Even the Human Rights Watch has expressed concerns, saying this proposed legislation's vague wording will lead to censorship and that it poses a huge threat to free speech and free societies. Freedom lovers must prevent this totalitarian move from becoming law, or Australia can kiss their liberties goodbye.
pharmaceutical giant Pfizer knew that its COVID-19 vaccines were contaminated with a virus and took steps to intentionally obscure this fact from regulators, according to the founder and chief scientific officer of medicinal genomics, Kevin McKernan. When the company's vaccine sequence is annotated, the presence of DNA from a virus known as simian virus 40, or SV40, can clearly be seen. McKernan and his research team did not set out to find contamination in the vaccines. Instead, they discovered it accidentally while using RNA from the vaccine as a control in an effort to test RNA purification in another project they were carrying out. They had assumed the RNA in the jab was a functional pharmaceutical grade variety and were surprised to find that in addition to mRNA, the Pfizer shots had DNA plasmids. Happy birthday to you. To me yesterday. Happy birthday to you yesterday. Yesterday was yeah. my birthday. Yes. And we did something really awesome. We did. We went to a um, the Community Pregnancy Center banquet put on by Candace Keller. Yeah. In Westchester, Ohio. And it was phenomenal. It was awesome. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. We were able to pray with David Mahan. He was the speaker about land and his ministry that he has. We're going to get him on the show. We mm -hmm. prayed with actually several people there and they were able to raise funds for helping unwed mothers have their babies yes. and to have diapers and clothing and cribs and all of that through babies school year age, like, like age five. Mm -hmm. So resistance chicks has sponsored a baby for a year, yeah, we have. which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and so I want you guys later today to visit today's show on resistancechicks.com. I'm going to have the link to the pregnancy center. If you guys want to adopt a baby for a year. Or, what does that mean? It means, um, once a, once a month you donate $60. Or ninety, or ninety, or depending on the yeah. level that you that you choose. And you can do a, and it includes like everything the baby needs for a year for like a pack and play. Yeah. And if you do like, I think the ninety level includes like uh, diapers and formula. Yes. And then if you do like the hundred and twenty, then it includes both. And so, um, here's the deal, Leah. Tell them what happened on Tuesday while I look up this website. So, if you guys didn't know, we had a uh, an election. You all should have had an election and. Uh, we had a pretty significant one in Ohio, and we were voting on whether to add abortion up to birth to our Constitution and to make it legal for children to go through transgender surgery without any sort of um, permission from their parents. The wording on this bill is so atrocious that it trumps um, a, an innumerable amount of Ohio laws already on the books. And the wording on the ballot did not let people know that if you vote for this, these laws will not stand. Meaning it was actually, in my humble, unprofessional, un unlegal opinion, a, a fraudulent description. Oh, it was completely com completely. You know fraudulent. what I mean? Because yeah. the word woman is not used in the actual bill at all, but it, it was used three times or individual, individual yeah. uh, three times on the, you know what they do is when you go to vote, and, and, they well, put a, a little summary of what the bill is a, is really about. And that wording was completely a lie. So in, in the original wording, it has individual and pregnant person. 
Right. It has no age. It doesn't say woman. Exactly. Right. So, but in the description, it uses woman and female interchangeably like three times so that. And what that it denotes is woman is someone that's over 18. So now you automatically think it's only going to be somebody over 18. Mm -hmm. You're not understanding that it gets rid of, it gets rid of parental consent. It truly was, it truly, truly, truly was, um, the, the description was fraudulent because they know that they didn't mean it just for women. Exactly. They meant it for children. But, but someone could say, wait a minute. Well, if just children, how is that? Is that really that big of a deal? Yes, getting rid of parental rights is a big deal. But the other thing is, is it was reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it said reproductive rights for any woman. Mm-hmm. That opens a door for transgender surgery for anyone. So the the summary description, which was fraudulent, said woman, but the actual bill says any individual has a right to their reproductive rights completely unhindered. The other, so so any child could be able to get a sex change without their or hormone blockers, without their parents' consent. Right. And um, the other thing is it gets rid of complete mm-hmm. restrictions yeah. on abortion cl- clinics. They yeah. will not have to be regulated. Right. They don't even have to have a doctor perform an abortion. <laughs> okay. Yes. So your local Wendy's is more monitored than an abortion clinic. So there's a whole host of things that were wrong with this, Mm -hmm. but we were able to gather together after such a a, a gut punch of a a seeming loss, which is going to be fought and we are going to win it 1 million percent in the name of Jesus. To focus on the fact that we're going to make abortion unthinkable. Right. So if you guys do want to support a baby through their first year or five years of life, the way that Resistance Chicks is doing, you can go to pregnancychoice.net pregnancychoice.net for the Community Pregnancy Center there in Middleborough, Ohio, or find your local pregnancy center Absolutely. and support them Absolutely. in what they are doing. Yeah. So Candace Keller has a, they just bought a $120,000 ultrasound van, uh, and they are going to be driving around the state of Ohio offering uh, these services and pregnancy help for any woman who- uh, And you know what else she, Candace an, told us last night, we did an interview with her is that they present the gospel to every woman that comes to their doors. And they just had, and she said she was shocked because um, twenty about 20 years ago, everybody had kind of heard of Jesus and maybe their grandmother took them to church. Yeah. But now people have never heard of Jesus. And she said one woman broke down in tears and said, someone died for me? A, one, a man died for me. A I man never, died yeah. for me? So powerful. And she became a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, it's really powerful. Um, with this particular bill, it makes this next story that we're going to talk about all the more harrowing. So you guys remember um, last, I believe it was it was May. Um, actually, yeah, I believe it was May, where a transgender girl to pretend boy went to a Christian school and shot up the school. Are we skipping the first clip? This is all. It's all one. Okay, okay that's great. what Jason is talking. Okay, awesome. About. Uh, is in and shot up the school, and so in in this talking of in this um, the, the the it was called the the Nashville shooter manifesto, and she had one. She had diaries, and we all assumed that she was angry at Christians and angry at white people, but we didn't know proof. And I remember the chief of police had said it is it contains what you think, but they didn't let it out. And what's very interesting is the FBI didn't want it to get out Mm. because they need white supremacists to be the number one problem in America, the number one terror. And so you literally have a rewriting of all um, history, of all news, 
And Stephen Crowder has obtained some pages of this manifesto. The transgender Nashville shooter, Audrey Hale, referred to victims as crackers and the F word um, that begins with, ends with guts, uh, who had white privilege, quote, according to copies of her notes that are claimed to be authentic. Kill those kids, Haley, who believed she was a male, wrote in her purported journal on February 3rd, 2023. Those crackers going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis, sports and backpacks with their daddy's Mustangs and convertibles. Mm, you little, mm, I wish to shoot you weak mm, 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 with your mop yellow hair. Uh, the reported pages of Hale's manifesto were posted on social media by uh, Stephen Crowder. We want to kill you. Mm -mm. Okay. And, and she wrote more, obviously. In another journal labeled March 23rd, 2023, she allegedly wrote, Today is the day. The day has finally come. I can't believe it's here. Don't know how I was able to get this far, but here I am. I'm a little nervous, but excited too. The scrawling begins. Been excited for the past two weeks. There are several, several times I could have been caught, especially back in the summer of 2021. Wow. None of that matters now. I'm almost an hour and seven minutes away. Can't believe I'm doing this. I'm ready now. I hope my victims aren't. My only fear is anything goes wrong. I'll do my best to prevent any of the sort. Uh, and she says, God, let my wrath take over my anxiety. It might be 10 minutes. It might be three to seven. It's going to be quick. The page concludes with, I hope I have a high death count. Ready to die. Ha ha. And you misspoke. You said March 23rd. It was the 27th. Okay. On uh, March 27th, Haley. Um, it's just Hale. Uh, okay. Uh, stalked the uh, halls of the Covenant School in Nashville, where she killed three children and three adults before authorities successfully took her down. Senator J.D. Vance says the anti-whiteness movement, mainstreamed by American universities and corporations, has blood on its hands. After the shooting on May 27th, police revealed that Hale had left March. a manifesto. March. What did I say? You said May. Oh, March 27th. Uh, and indicated that transgender propaganda played a role in her motive. Um, these, the Nashville police are not too happy about this. Uh, leaked writings from trans covenant school shooter are not official crime scene images, no denial of authenticity. So the Met uh, Police of Nashville released a statement saying they're not in MNPD crime scene images. Earlier in the day, Breitbart uh, News reported that a Tennessee Bureau investigation uh, would not confirm the purported leaked pages from the Nashville Shooters Manifesto were real. Uh, Breitbart News spoke with the communications director. We're aware of the image, yes, but we're offering no confirmation according to their authenticity. Later, the uh, MNPD is in communications with the Met uh, Department of Law as an investigation begun this morning continues in the dissemination of three photographs of writings during an online discussion about Covenant School. The photographs were not these were not crime scene images. The images, obviously, as we told uh, told you about what what they had in them. So the cover up is actually bigger than the crime. Mm. So I want to go ahead and visit with uh, Jason Whitlock real here real quick here on uh, how he is viewing this this um, diversity, equity, inclusion, anti-white narrative here. The media and and law enforcement have kept this information away from us. There were people at the time that speculated that Audrey sounded uh, like she was Antifa or Black Lives Matter or a combination of both. 
And, and so if you're sitting wondering why that seven, eight months later, the government who has said that, uh, you know, white supremacy is the plague of American society and that white supremacy, that, that the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys are the biggest threat to American safety. They're the domestic terrorists. I'm not aware of any Oath Keepers or Proud Boys who have written any manifestos or any notes at all about executing kids, about targeting Christians. I'm not aware of, of any of that. And so someone hop in the comments, someone hop, hop in the chats, someone email me. Perhaps I'm just oblivious to what's going on and what the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys have been doing. But I, I, at this moment, as I'm thinking this through, basically in real time, I think Joe Biden and the government are lying to us. I, I, I don't think that white supremacy is the biggest threat to America. I don't think that that is at the heart of what is tearing apart America. And that's not to defend white bigots. It's just a reflection of reality, my thoughts are. And it's a reflection of how uh, white supremacy has dissipated over the last 150 years of America's history. I find it so fascinating, the cognitive dissonance of people that are still believing the lie, even though their daily experience speaks to the contrary. Yeah, and um, the community notes on Twitter um, say that the Nashville chief of police said that I am greatly disturbed by today's unauthorized release of three pages from the Covenant. So Shooter. essentially they're confirmed. They are confirmed. Yes. And that and and that that is a confirmation. And so what is up with the censorship? I have a video here. Um, just a person questioning, how come you're not allowed to talk about it? Well the Nashville shooter manifesto made its way onto the internet today and boy it's about exactly what we expected it to be. But the most alarming part about the story that I want to talk about is that within minutes, it was censored. Within minutes, somebody in this world has enough power that they can just contact a couple of companies and say, hey, if anybody starts talking about these words, if your systems detect these words, shut it down. Shut the talk of it down. There is somebody that has that power over us. What? Bro, I hope the folks on the other side of the aisle politically start to see that this is how they control the narrative. Why doesn't anybody want to see the shooter's manifesto? We all need to know that public information. Why doesn't somebody want us to see that? I hope people can recognize today as a perfect example of how they control our narrative daily, daily. That's my two cents. So historically, manifestos have been released um, very, very soon after they are found. Yeah, but they, for some reason, they think that maybe you'll copycat. They said that maybe somebody would take her manifesto and copycat. But no, they really, if this manifesto had said uh, kill black people, it would have been out. Yeah. But they need, they need the narrative to continue. But here's the thing. By stating that they're afraid that people would copycat her, 
they're essentially confirming that oh, there's more good. like her. Wow. Wow. So that's you don't really get to good. have it both ways. All right. Well, I have Vivek Ramaswamy, who was at a GOP debate this week that kind of stomped the uh So the let's stage. skip that one because she said that um, she just realized oh. that video three is the same as video two. We may have to save oh. that for the second half. Okay. All right. Um, so, you know, when you've got uh, these situations where um, these trans kids are being totally and completely brainwashed, right? And they're led down a path of darkness. Yeah. You need to really try to pull them out mm-hmm. and you need to speak love. You know, I talk to um, a lot of people who have kids who are transgender. Right. And the question always remains, how did, how did they, how did that, how did they become that? Mm-hmm. And we've been doing deep dives into Margaret Sanger and especially right now, Alfred Kinsey. Yeah. And this is, this is how they got there. Okay. They got there because the schools started to make them question who they were, question their gender. And this is why we're telling everybody, you cannot send your kids to public school. Yeah. You just cannot. Um, we tell you the story, you know, um, you know, our uh, our friend Sam, you know, she was telling us how her son had to go to a school and basically watch a whole presentation on LGBT and all the people in Hollywood that, that, that were LGBT and basically yeah. saying, well, you should be too. Mm. It's, Shouldn't yeah, you it's all, high pressure, actually. It's, the, it's, the, it's, it's being really cool, right, to be LGBT. And when you are telling kids to hate the Nazis and hate the white people and hate this, and she is white. I know. And she was so brainwashed to go and kill these people, right? right? Uh, so let's skip this one and let's go ahead and go to um, the, I believe I have Abby Johnson up next. You do. When we're talking about life and the preciousness of life, conservatives need to start having really deep conversations about life and how do we protect that and what is legal and what is lawful. Let's hear what Abby has to say about this week. Okay. So a lot of people out there, a lot of people who support abortion are out here saying, nobody, nobody supports abortion up until birth and nobody is performing abortions in the third trimester. Nobody does that. That doesn't happen. Well, uh, okay, two things. One, that is 100% happening. And you can look up interviews with the actual abortion doctors who do those types of abortions and they admit that they're doing them. Uh, You can look up interviews with Dr. Warren Hurd and Dr. Curtis Boyd and Dr. Cesar Santangelo and they and and Dr. Shelley Sella and they are they proudly talk about the fact that they do these late-term abortions up until the date of birth and they actually admit that the majority of these abortions that are done in the third trimester are actually not done for fetal anomalies. They're not done because the woman's life is in danger. They're done for the same reasons that first trimester abortions are done. They're done because of the woman doesn't have money or her boyfriend left her or whatever. And that's actually what the Guttmacher Institute, Planned Parenthood's research arm, they just recently put out a study and they found the same thing. Women are having third trimester abortions for the same reason that women are having first trimester abortions because they just want to. It's just an elective procedure, but whatever. You're fine to argue with Guttmacher. You're fine to argue with the doctors that are 
actually performing the abortion. That's fine. You can argue with them. But here's my deal. Here's my challenge. People say, you people that support abortion, you're out here saying that nobody, no politicians actually believe in abortion up until birth. Okay. So here's a challenge. You find me one, just one, one pro-choice Democrat, one pro-choice Democratic congressperson, man or woman, who has put forward and championed a bill that would limit abortion in any way, that would stop abortion at any point, it could be 20 weeks, 24 weeks, 30 weeks, I don't care. You find me one, one pro-choice Democrat that has put forward a bill, that has co-authored a bill, that has supported a bill, one, they have to be pro-choice. They can't be a pro-life Democrat. They have to be a pro-choice Democrat that supports any bill to ban abortion. And I will stop saying that. And I'll encourage other pro-lifers to stop saying it too. Just find me one. Find me one. And I'll stop saying it. And I will be patiently waiting. You know what I love Abby Johnson because she does not pull any punches. Okay. The, 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 what she is claiming here is so true because they don't exist. Mm -hmm. Leah, they yeah. do not exist. Yeah. And she's trying to call it out and people are like, mm, they don't exist. Yeah. No, no, they don't exist. But you know what does exist, Michelle? The Bridianstore.com Black Friday early sale. Fit up to 55% off. You're going to get a free uh, volume five uh, uh, Health Ranger magazine, natural news magazine. You're going to get a free, for 150 bucks, you're going to get a free pine needle collodial silver nasal spray. That's huge. I know. And free shipping over 100 bucks. Wow. Okay. So the sale um, actually in goes till uh, the 12th. Uh, at midnight. So this is a pre-Black pre Friday sale. Up to 55% off. Up to 55% off. So go. There's 17 hours, 31 minutes, and 50 seconds left. So go and get your No, no, goods. no, no, no. That's on the immune system one. Okay. Okay. So what they're doing is they're well, going through different in. sales. Okay. So we already made it through the sales on the survival preparedness. Okay. Now we're into the immune system. Ooh. Okay. So that's what you need to do. You need to go to the brighteonstore.com. The mega buckets, uh, like the hard wheat mega bucket is on sale, 20% uh, off. You've got the Groovy Bee freeze-dried strawberries on sale. So um, much stuff. So yeah, go to the Brighteon store off. right now. You have until the 12th to get all the different sales. Okay, brighteonstore.com. Use promo oh, code okay. CHICKS and get your sales early before the gobble, gobble, gobble sale. We'll be right back after these messages. All right. So uh, as we were saying before, we were our, our clip, I had sent the producers uh, the wrong clip. So thanks for, the producers patient for being very us. patient with us as we get our clips straight. Um there was a GOP debate this week, and you would be forgiven for not knowing that because it was a little bit of a snooze fest. But, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy is, he had, 
Listen, I'm not going to vote for the guy. He's a soundbite king, but he's fantastic. He's great. He has a lot of great arguments. And for all of the censorship on the Nashville shooter, he retweeted it and he thinks that the manifesto should be out there. And I wanted you to hear what he had to say there with one of uh, Stephen Crowder's um, uh, interview guys there with um, the Loud with Crowder show. We, we actually made some news this week, uh, and uh, it's funny. A late-night comedy show is breaking news <laughs> around, the, around the country. I, I saw that you interacted with it, but we released the uh, Nashville uh, Shooters Manifesto. And I saw that you, you said something, and I actually quoted you on air because I had seen your tweet and said that, you know, we can handle the truth. Uh, why, yes. go, go into just a little bit of detail. Why did you support the release of that manifesto? Not only did I support the release of it, I mean, I went to Nashville in August in early August, because I heard the state legislature was convening a special, the governor, Republican governor, by the way, was convening a special session of the legislature in late August to pass anti-gun measures without having released that manifesto. Yeah. So that irritated the hell out of me. So I'm going to show up in Nashville. We held a, a sort of protest rally type event, and I called for its release because the reason people don't trust the government is that the government doesn't, was one of the reasons certainly, is that the government doesn't trust the people with the truth, right? Trust is a two-way relationship. And so we, don't, we lack total trust in our institutions in part because those institutions do not trust the people who they're supposed to serve. So the, the idea is here a noble lie, that the people can't handle whatever's in there. In my view is whether it's the origin of COVID, whether it's the Hunter Biden laptop story, whether it's the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, whether it's the basis for the 2008 bailouts, whether it's how many federal officials were in the field on January 6th, whether it's Saudi Arabia's involvement, or intelligence operatives' involvement in knowledge of 9-11, whatever it is, just tell us the truth. I mean, even the knowledge about, I know it's, it's a sort of a gauche topic, but even UFOs, like, what do we know? Just, I mean, it's clear that the government has prioritized this topic at a far greater extent than it's public. So, I just go straight down the list on any of those topics. Just tell us the truth. And we, the people, can handle it. And it's like the Jack Nicholson scene at the end of that movie, right? You yeah. can't handle the truth. Say, no, no, we can handle the tr truth. And my view is give it to us not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. So when I went to Nashville, it was something really interesting happened. The entire community there, there were, there were people who came up and said, no, we've talked to the people who have seen it. And it's not what you think. I was like, how do you know what I think? All I'm saying is I want it seen. They're like, no, 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 because you think it's a transgender shooter. It's not what you think. And, it, and there's there's stuff in there that would be very harmful, at least. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm a thinking person. I, I like to think and wonder, okay, how can we, are there some, what, what do I know that I don't know? Can this be handled through redaction, right? That's typically how that's done. If right. there's like a manual for how to commit a future attack, right? I don't, you know. I don't think that there's a public interest in seeing the how-to manual, but the question is the public at least knows that the police and everybody else has entrusted them to say, okay, these were the motives of the killer, and at least we know that. A tragedy happened, an airplane crashes, you, you can recover the black box, no matter what it says, you deserve right. to see what's in there. What struck me, and I'm so grateful to you guys for recovering it and putting it out, is that the kind of stuff they insinuated to me that would be in there, why this couldn't be released, that wasn't in there at all. It was just political cover all the way down, yeah. which shows how rotten our institutional leaders really are. In this case, you got it's not just one institution. I mean, you got local police, you got the governor, you got the state government, you got the FBI all in on this. Yeah, and it's pathetic. It's an indictment of where we are as a country. And so, the same broad establishment, spanning media to to our own agencies, to our own federal police state, 
from January 6th to Hunter Biden laptop story, 50 CIA intelligence operatives claiming it was mm-hmm. Russian in, in intelligence or Russian disinformation to the origin of COVID-19 to now the Nashville Transgender Shooter Manifesto. We need to restore a culture of truth yeah. in the well, United States of America. Give it to us, not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. And so anyway, I'm glad you guys did it. And this has been a big theme for me since earlier this year. And in some ways it was, in some ways I was grateful. In some ways I was just upset when I saw it because I was waiting for where was that vague to be avoided topic mm-hmm. that might hurt someone or create a clear and present danger for future violence. It wasn't in there. No, it was a lie. Yeah, it was, it, it was, was all a lie. lie. And, and look, we, we know that there are more documents. There's more information that could be released. This is only a part of what yeah. um, was obtained by the police. But it, were you surprised at the response? Could have released this. Well, no, they, they could have released they this. They could have very easily released this, given us some information. Were you surprised by the response immediately? Google started the, the search, had like a blacked out thing saying, hey, the, the data on this is changing very quickly. They ended up pulling down YouTube videos for that. Reddit ended up blocking users yeah. permanently for it. We ended up having Facebook block it. Like immediately, big tech, poof, silence. Can't can't talk about so this. I can't think, post it. I think, I think there's a difference between being surprised and appalled. At this right. point, I'm not surprised, but I'm that I'm nonetheless unsurprised though I am, I'm still appalled. And, and that's what moves me to want to lead this country to set a tone from the top of the executive branch of the government to say, we're done with this phase of our national history. We will set an example. Anytime a government actor has pressured a private actor to do something through the back door or silence something that the government couldn't do directly, we will publish it. Roll that log over. Let's see what crawls out. It's going to be ugly, but we got to see it first before we fix it, whether that's within this Republican Party, whether that's within the deep state of the federal government that I'll be running as the next president if I'm elected, it's any sphere of our lives. That's the example we have to set. We the people handle the truth. That's the first step. Sometimes the truth is ugly. You got to see it if you're to fix it. And so anyway, man, we're uh, I probably got to rock and roll Mm -hmm. pretty soon. Uh, You know, debate. We'll be back. I'm going to pop into where we're and and uh, see the kids a little bit, have have some food with them, and then we'll be back in the debates well, that's, tonight. That but. sounds good, and we look forward to seeing it. Look, if if you're available post or would like to to come back on to talk about how the debate went, let us know. We'd love to have you. But thank you for taking cool. a few minutes, and uh, hope you get some rest, enjoy some family time, and uh, have a great debate. All right, man. We'll tell everybody. Said I'll tell Crowder and crew. I appreciate will. it. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye. So speaking of that, we were going to have some clips from that later on tonight on resistancechicks.com. But Leah, the thing that really makes me upset is like they said, they would try to come after your guns without releasing this. Yeah. And that it, and it would change everything, by the way. Yeah. No, no, they would absolutely try to do that without letting you know um, who is actually responsible for the you know, brain. When, where is the people. right, though? Where is the right? Mm-hmm. See, because they immediately, when something like this happens, they come after your guns. Yeah. But where is the right you taking know, but, advantage and I wondered... of the transgender movement mm-hmm. and the insanity and un- mental instability right. that is involved well, with that? You'll notice something that they didn't. They, I knew that they were going to immediately start going after our guns, but they didn't. Why didn't they do it? I mean, because, they... because then the right would have, in a defensive move, unpacked all of this. Mm-hmm. But still, I'm just saying, like, immediately, everybody says, try to take some 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 plays from the left playbook. I don't actually agree with that. Mm-hmm. But for those of you that do, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I have another clip here that's really interesting that kind of goes along with this. There is a woman who gets pulled over. She's a drunk driver. 
And she tries to use all of this, the uh, intersectionalities to get out of this ticket. I want you to see this. What's going on? Nothing. Why are you driving in the wrong way of traffic? No, I just got changed around. I just moved here like two months ago. Okay. I just got changed around. Okay. Do you understand what's going on though? Yes. You're going in oncoming yes. traffic. I know. And I just decided that it was better just to turn around really quick. So, okay. But I'm sorry. I just have like really bad social anxiety and stuff. I get you. I don't want to step out whenever you're asking for stuff okay well we're past that just go ahead and step out as an indigenous person right back here please miss perry am i well i'm non-binary so okay what do you go by kai how can i refer to you tonight kai, kai. okay hey i'm smelling alcohol i know how much have you consumed tonight like probably through Jing. I need to run you through some tests right now. Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that I also have very bad social anxiety. You and me both. Okay. Okay. Any recent head trauma, traumatic brain injuries, anything I need to know about? Uh, mental, yes. <laughs> Focus on my finger, please. I am. You're just like trying to intimidate me. I don't know how I'm trying to do that. This is the test. As you know, as an indigenous person and there's a bunch of going around i'm sorry but it's just for me to be on my toes i get you can you remember that i told you that i'm non-binary yeah i'll try my hardest i'll refer to you as kai right yes perfect i need to know if you have any injuries or anything that would prevent you from doing a standard walk or a turn tonight mental health um any physical injuries mental yeah <laughs> but no i'm just saying Okay. I get you. Now with your right foot, place it in front of your left in a heel to toe touching manner with your arms by your side, just like this, ma'am. Can you not call me ma'am, please? I'm trying my hardest. Okay, okay. Well, it means a lot to me. I'm trying my hardest. I don't feel like a man, so okay. it's kind of triggering. Right foot in front of your left. Nope, go back. I'm sorry, but the whole man thing just like... I apologize. Let's see if we can move Sorry. forward from it. You have zero questions? No, but I just want to tell you that I suffer from really bad anxiety, especially uh, with generational trauma and PTSD around white people and cops. Like, it's just... I'm going to speak with you right over here, okay? No. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead and place your hands behind your back. Don't, dude. Don't make don't, it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. No, don't. you're... You're going to get a resistance. Dude, I... You're going to get a resistance. I right? don't. Don't resist. Don't. Listen to me. Don't resist. Don't. You're being Come a here. white man and... Come don't. Here. I followed all of your shit. Like, as an indigenous person, like, you guys. You guys are scaring me. There's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, so I don't know how many cards did she try to play? Indigenous person, PTSD, anxiety, uh, afraid of white people, afraid of cops, afraid of cops, and mental she, issues. Mental is in yeah. Place of physical. He said, "Do yeah. you have any physical?" And I said, "Well, men and she said, "I'm, I'm yeah. mental." And I being don't, triggered being called ma'am. So unfortunately, with somebody like this, you don't know whether they're telling the truth. Uh, but 
uh, hats off to that that police officer. He tried really hard. There was he was better than I think anybody could have handled that. I'm I, trying you know, hard. I, you know, and I, I actually feel bad for the cops because they are trained to say sir and ma'am out of respect. I know. So that the person that they're dealing with feels a, a level of respect. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I don't know how DEI training works into that. You know, it, it really undermines the whole morality basis of society. When yeah. you get rid of sir and ma'am, um, it's it, it's the next step away from opening doors or, you know, we lived in because, Oklahoma where uh, the young people would actually take your carts out to your car. Yeah, because if he had referred to her as Kai, I feel like that would have been a level of intimacy that's disrespectful. You don't you don't normally do that. You would say Mr. or Mrs. or Miss right. so-and-so with your last name. You never hey, refer you to a stranger. Person. A, a cop does not refer to a stranger by their first name. Exactly. Um, and so to try to remember that. That actually is intimidating. I would be intimidated by a police officer that arrested me or was, and just was used trying my to first do, name. and just use my first name. Like, you don't know me. Don't use my first name. I know. You know? Yeah. And so I, that was that was very interesting. Um clip there. Yeah, well, it goes along with the where, where kids are at today yeah. to, you know, where why um, these transgender, non-binary uh, go into a school and try to walk uh, 10 feet without coming across somebody who is non-binary trans. And it's it's the direct um, uh, manifestation of what Ep- uh, Alfred Kinsey was his dream. His dream was that um, the heteronormative would be the the outlier that if you were fully heterosexual, that that would be weird. The one through six on his scale, on the Kinsey scale, uh, would be some sort of homosexual. So the Bon Byron and the Pan, he is he is laughing. The demons are laughing about this right now. You know what I find also really interesting? That I'm, I'm currently seeing this in the stores. Are adults in onesies. Why? Um, they're walking around the stores, and not just Walmarts, grocery stores. Why? Okay. Why? They're selling them and couples. I have seen young couples walking in stores with onesie pajamas on together on multiple occasions now. You know, I'm embarrassed that, you know, when I look back at this, the just the pictures from the 60s and 70s, what people used to wear. And uh, but let me actually answer your question. Let me actually answer your question because I know this. Not the 70s. Not so great. And this is very deep. And so I'm not I'm going to try not to laugh because this is really important. Any clinical psychologist will tell you that you are exhibiting being a baby and a child because something very bad happened to you then. Well, that's very true. You know, the comfort of wanting to wear a onesie that you wore when you were a child, Mm -hmm. you were probably molested. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, I have some good news, but it's also a little bit of a bittersweet. uh, A hydroxychloroquine study. 30,000 patients from sciencedirect.com has uh, been pre-reviewed and found that, um, uh, and with just uh, hydroxychloroquine, it lowers uh, the incidence of wow. death. And from? From COVID. Overall mortality among patients treated with the hydroxychloroquine azithromycin was extremely low with no significant variation between periods and never exceeded 0.14% in any epidemic period. Wow. So if you were able to get hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, no death. It may, maybe some people were struggling. I know when we got the um, the Delta, hydroxychloroquine wasn't hitting it as hard as we would like. We also weren't giving a proper dosage and we were not hitting it with a strong enough antibiotic or steroid. 
So when we started using the ivermectin, Mm -hmm. we were also using the ivermectin Mm -hmm. in conjunction with these other things. I'm not a medical professional, so I would like to speak to my personal experience so far this season. Mm -hmm. Everyone that I know is getting sick, Mm -hmm. and we've been doing a ton of events Mm -hmm. where historically we would come home from these events and be sick, Mm -hmm. and we have not gotten sick this year, and we have been prophylactically taking ivermectin. You may derive from that whatever conclusion you would like. um, And we're not supposed to tell you. Uh, no, it's not a name brand. It's just the thieves, thieves oil, oil with no name brand. And we put it on our hands and I put it around my nose uh, so that it, it's an antiviral. Yes. Um, and then usually I will come home and gargle with a mouthwash because that's on the FLCCC list. During the bubonic plague, grave robbers would put this mixture around their neck of clove, rosemary. Um, what else is in there? Cinnamon. Yeah. And I think lemon. Or something so. like that, yeah. and they would not. Get, they would rob the graves of these very ill people, and they wouldn't get sick. Yeah. that's hence where this essential oil combination has come from. Yeah, and I highly, I highly recommend you guys get some or that some of that com- combination uh, and have that on hand. They have found that it is um, more effective than bleach in killing and viruses. And whatever is going around, it leaves people with like a cough for like a month later. Oh, it's the and worst. unfortunately, when you're hitting the antibiotics later, yeah. that cough just kind of stays around. So if you can hit it early, uh, if you go out in public, uh, do the nasal washes, which of course, going back to the Brideon sale, yes. uh, you take advantage of that sale because the pine needle colloidal silver spray is exactly what you need. Yeah. It's a $25 value that you are going to get free with a $150 purchase from the Brideon store exactly. and up to 55% off. If you need anything, now's the time to stock up. This is a pre Black Friday sale going on. Uh, you're going to get the free Natural News Magazine, a $25 value, and you're going to get free shipping over $100, uh, which is, uh, you know, pretty easy to get to when you're uh, trying to stock up on all your survival gear and um, preparedness and nutraceuticals and things like that. So head over to the Brighton store and please support Mike Adams. Amen. And where can they get um, some ivermectin? You were just talking last night about that website. Do you know? Yeah. um, I, you know, there's a, there's a cool place that you can get if you need it quickly and you need it from uh, somebody in the United States. You want to get it on hand ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Why don't you look that up while we play this next clip? Woman comes back to faith during COVID. Do we have time for it? Mm-hmm. Let's go. I was raised as a traditional Roman Catholic, um, and that's relevant to the work that I've done since because prior to um, Vatican II in the 1960s, the Catholic Church had very clear teachings about the difference between truth and error. Um, the nature of man, his final ends, and relations between man and society. And because I was raised in that traditional Catholic upbringing, that was kind of the stuff that was going on in my house. I drifted away from my Catholic faith um, as a teenager, and then I came back to it during COVID because as it dawned on me how evil the big picture was, it also dawned on me that for that coordinated of an evil to be getting so far, there must be something even more good against which it was fighting. Um, and that brought me back into the faith. 
Wow. Isn't that awesome? Oh, and a gosh. lot of people came. And so there, I, I really feel like with issue one uh, here in Ohio, it's going to cause even more people to really get real about their faith. And yeah. that's what COVID did. Yes. A lot of people really, really got real about their faith. And I'm so grateful for that. And a lot, you guys got, and, and it wasn't just COVID, it was the election and COVID and, a, and, and just so much. You guys are getting out there. And I know that um, we need the remnant to grow and it is going to grow uh, just for your, um, your information is allfamilypharma.com and you can get a prescription and your um, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine you know right how, at one place. You know allfamilypharma.com. Pharma, like P-H-A-R-M-A. Mm -hmm. Allfamilypharma.com. Do you know how many friends that I have that I tell them to get ivermectin on hand, mm -hmm. take it so you don't get sick, but also have it in mm -hmm. bulk so that if you do get sick, you can start taking it right away and they just don't do it. And then I'm hearing about them being sick and a month later, they're still sick. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, guys, take it every day. Well, happy birthday, Michelle. Thank you, Leah. All right, you guys, uh, you can see us with our after show later. And we did a lot of things this week. What? Oh my Brad gosh. Cummings interview. We interviewed Brad Cummings on Revelation Red Pill. Oh, as a, a, a three hour program. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to love it. And then a four hour program, which was my birthday present, yes, by the way, with Scott with Kesterson. Kesterson. And you know what it's called? Biblical Sex Ed with Resistance Chicks and Scott Kesterson. Four hours, baby. Oh. You need to go and check that out on our Rumble channel or our Brighteon.com channel. Everything is on our Brighteon.com channel. Every single video we do goes there. Huge shout out to the team at Brighteon. We love you guys. None of this that you're watching, that you're happening, that you're seeing all this really cool stuff at the bottom of the screen, none of that would happen without the amazing crew at the Brighteon.tv network. And we are so grateful to be a part of this family. So go to the Brighteonstore.com, use promo code CHICKS, support my, Mike Adams, support the work that they are all doing and let them know, you know what? We value you. So we're going to put our dollars for the holiday season in a place where we know it's going to be going to a good cause. Amen. We'll see you next week right here on Brighteon.tv. Stay tuned for Michelle Swinnick coming up next. The preceding show was sponsored by. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's headline news. It's Friday, which means we're going to bring you this week's top stories. Domestically speaking, we're coming hot off the tails of a fantastic Brighteon.tv show. If you guys are not tuning in every single Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live on Brighteon.tv, I don't know what you're doing. If you prefer Rumble, though, or Roku, you can watch it there. But it's 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every single week. And then we call this the after show, but it's really kind of the bulk of the show. I would say that the Brighteon.tv show is more of like an appetizer. Okay. It's a yeah. Resistance Chicks Friday well, appetizer. I will tell you why. The appetizer is sometimes better than the main meal because we can say anything we need to say on the Brighton Show. And we talked about Nashville and a certain written up thing by a person who went bang bang on kids at a private school. We can't talk about that here. No. No, no. No, you can't. But we did. I got like one word on an appetizer though. Blooming onions. Mmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's, that's like a meal. That's like fancy. Remember when Outback was fancy? Yeah. You we know, haven't been to Outback in like literally Yeah, but like years. they've come up with like all these other fancy restaurants, but like Outback was like a very fancy place to go. It used to be, yes. And now it's kind of like, mm. Well, yeah. All restaurants are like gross to me. If a restaurant has been there my entire life, I'm not sure I really like to go. Mm -mm. That's kind of gross. It's just really, it feels like like a gym that's been I'm there my whole life. literally tasting fried Like there's no right way now, to get all the sweat in a, in a gym out. I know. And all the germs. Stop working out. No, I don't want to tell you that. Don't. Try as best you can. Don't stop working out in a gym. In, in Try to house, work outside. outside. Work out outside. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, so we're talking about appetizers and fried pickles and blooming onions and working out at the gym at the same time. Yeah. Or not telling people not to go to the gym. I said I corrected but, myself because yeah. I want people to be healthy. If you can't do something outside, go ahead and be physical in whatever possible yeah, way that you or can. Or whatever she's saying. Or whatever. Go ahead and, and, and just do what you can outside. You know, uh, this week there we have some, some breaking news, actually. Uh, we're going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. But um, particularly um, this week, breaking news, there has been a high-profile uh, sex trafficking sting Arrests have been made uh, in a high-profile sex ring that involved government contractors, wow. professors, military officers, executives at pharmaceutical companies, and more. Now, question is, will they be protected like Jeffrey Epstein's clients, which Jeffrey Epstein's um, uh, bank of choice and friend, J.P. Morgan mm. Chase, has the judge ruled that they are going to have to pay out $290 million dollars uh, to the victims of Jeffrey Epstein, uh, because supposedly they knew they knew that he was, you know, a crook and a criminal. I'm going to get to that in in a minute. But this particular announcement is breaking news. The announcement was made by acting U.S. Attorney of Massachusetts, Joshua Levy, who detailed the high-profile clients involved in his network. He says they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're accountants, uh, they are executives at high-level companies, high-level companies, military officers, government contractors. Pick a profession, and they're probably represented in this case. The men who were arrested were 30-year-old uh, Jim Ying Lee of Dedham and 41-year-old Han Lee of Cambridge and 64-year-old uh, James Lee of Torrance, California. The ring was ran, and this is going to be um, not on your... Your tabs is going to be one of my first that I just tweet out on my profile. Okay. The men rented high-end apartments in the East Coast, Coast, which were used as brothels. Clients would show up and fill the form and would pay three hundred fifty to six hundred dollars an hour in cash to rent the rooms. And Get the right question town. is, who are those clients? Who are those clients? Come on, share the names. Who are these people? We want to know. Military contractors, we should get to know their names. Government contractors, we should get to know who they One, are. Because we're paying their daggum salary. Included. And I want to know. They said name a profession. Okay. How about any sitting congressman? Yeah. Did you, do, did you just bypass them? All right. Let's Individuals were arrested and charged in federal court with operating a sophisticated high-end brothels in Cambridge, in Watertown, and in eastern Virginia. These establishments were allegedly promoted through two different websites, bostontop10.com and browneyesgirlsva.blog. Oh my gosh. The three individuals behind these websites facilitated the movement of predominantly Asian women across the United States for sex trafficking and sexual, a commercial sex ring, exploiting them in the process. This commercial sex ring was built on secrecy and exclusivity, catering to a wealthy and well-connected clientele, and business was booming until today. It's alleged that the prospective sex buyers in this scheme first had to respond to a survey and provide information online, including their driver's license photos, their employer information, credit card information, and they often paid a monthly fee to be part of this illicit club. The affidavit that's unsealed in court today alleges that once the buyers were verified, they were then texted and allowed to place orders for, with commercial sex workers. They would choose the duration of the encounter they wanted, 
the types of services they wanted, and they also would receive a menu what? of different options and different women that they could purchase. Sometimes it rates between $350 and $600 an hour. That the menu included photographs of the various women who were available well, that day. they're obviously not getting very much money. The, the, the pimps are taking the cut. They always do. That sounds incredibly cheap for, the, for the caliber of people that we're talking about pretty here. Pretty gross. Thousand bucks an hour. No, three hundred and no, three hundred fifty to six hundred dollars an hour. I know. I'm saying thousand bucks an hour for these people. This you can't three hundred fifty bucks an hour. Michelle, that's there's no, there's no money to. What I'm value, saying is, Michelle. why is it so cheap? And I will tell you why it's so cheap. Because that means that more guys will do it more often. Just and there's no monetary value, but these these women they're are not making are, it difficult. They're probably they're, they're probably brought here easy. illegally, and then they're they're put into sex trafficking rings, yes. uh, just like you know Jeffrey Epstein grooming uh, his girls there. Um, a long association with Jeffrey Epstein has turned into a bad stain that is very hard to clean away. Whether you're a politician, monarchy, Hollywood elite, famous academic, or even a, Holly, a Wall Street titan, sooner or later the reckoning comes from the Gateway Pundit. Just as the largest U.S. bank, J.P. Morgan Chase, just ask them, after roughly a year in pretrial litigation and negotiations, the financial institution finally seems to have resolved its legal issues regarding its decades-long ties to the late convicted sex offender. A U.S. federal judge approved J.P. Morgan uh, Chase's $290 million settlement with Epstein's victims, who claimed that bank turned a blind eye to the late financer's sex trafficking. U.S. Uh, District Judge Jed uh, Rakoff granted final approval to the deal at a hearing in Manhattan. Uh, there's finally a real uh, settlement here. Uh, the settlement covers a large group of women led by a former ballet dancer known as J-Duo One who said Epstein abused them. It followed embarrassing disclosures that J.P. Morgan ignored internal warnings and overlooked red flags about Epstein because he had been a valuable client. Epstein had, and remember, J.P. Morgan was, and Chase was actually getting rid of Patriots too. Um, yeah. Um, probably. I think they've been doing COVID that for like, yeah. like, they've been doing that for like 10 years, but yeah. JP Morgan in September agreed to pay $75 million to settle related claims by the U.S. Virgin Islands, um, in that Jepstein owned, Epstein owned, uh, Rakoff on October 20th gave final approval to a similar $750 million settlement between Epstein's accusers and Douche Bank. Uh, the money being paid by JP Morgan, the nation's biggest bank could provide compensation to nearly 200 victims. Now, Michelle. Yes, if you are. have 200 victims, you, you have to have a crime. And you can't have a sex trafficking victim without a person that they were sex trafficked to. So who are these people? This has to be some sort of deal of a lifetime. And why in the world are these names not coming out? And why is it always just Jeffrey Epstein? And everybody What's wants going to on know. With Giselle, by the way? I think she's still in prison. Ghislaine, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Ghislaine Maxwell. I just don't understand. If there is a crime, then where are the criminals? These girls know the names. Here's the thing. They have still, they have like a, 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 a like a one-tenth of a person's face from January 6th, and they can go find them <laughs> with guns Good blazing, job. right? Yeah. These girls, all they would need to do is draw some sketches, and they, the police could find, the FBI could find all of the, almost all of these criminals that, Supposedly, they were sex trafficked too. Bill Clinton. Okay. Excuse me while I feign shock and surprise over January 6th. Oh. Oh, we're supposed, not supposed, supposed to say that date. All right. Can't believe you said the date. 
15 uh, unidentified victims submitted their written declarations in support of the deal, some including one who said she was just 13. Who's the dude? Get out. When Mr. Epstein first assaulted her, uh, I guess it was Mr. Epstein, I guess, in this case, well, wrote let's, about let's continuing to suffer from depression. Wait, pause. What you're, what you're failing to grasp here is we're talking about two different things. First of all, Jeffrey Epstein himself... Mm-hmm had countless encounters where Ghislaine Maxwell would go into schools and these girls would come in and they would be forced to perform these acts on Mm -hmm. him. And we don't even know how. So I think that what this is talking about is the the victims of Epstein himself. I don't think so. I think there were more sex trafficking. I think there were definitely sex trafficked. Jeffrey Epstein never kept them all to himself. That's true. You're right. He did not. You're right. But there might be a case against a Democrat that may be a little trumped up. In the case of New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Now, Eric Adams has been uh, trying to find a suitable outlet for all of the illegal migrants that keep showing up in New York City. So Eric Adams paid a visit to the White House. Well, the White House wasn't happy. Now it seems that Eric Adams is being investigated by the FBI. Mm. So here's the thing. Here's a lesson learned. If they came for us, then they're going to come for you. So, the FBI sees New York City Mayor Eric Adams' cell phones and iPad amid a federal corruption investigation related to his 2021 campaign. Last Thursday, the Gateway Pundit reported that the FBI conducted a raid on the Brooklyn residence of Brianna Suggs, a chief fundraiser for New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Brianna Suggs has been instrumental in raising funds for Adams' campaign, amassing $2.5 million for his 2025 re-election bid. The feds raised Suggs home, raided Suggs' home last week and came out with a cardboard box just in. Uh, feds raided the, the Brooklyn home of Brianna Suggs, Mayor Adams' campaign fundraiser coordinator. Eyewitnesses told me the FBI agents came out with a cardboard box. Now, the search warrant revealed an investigation into potential straw donor schemes involving campaign donations from the Turkish government. Interesting there. <laughs> Turkey. What Sorry. did Turkey have in uh, from New York City? I don't know. Uh, but the New York Post reported the FBI sees Mayor Eric Adams' electronics early this week as part of a federal corruption probe tied to his 2021 campaign. The feds see the devices in connection to an investigation into whether his owner's campaign colluded with the Turkish government and others to direct money into his mayoral effect, uh, effort, sources told the Post, after the news was first reported by the New York Times. Agents reportedly approached Adam Adams on the street and asked his security team to step aside. The agents then got into Adam's SUV with him and executed a court-authorized warrant to seize his devices. Wow. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you something, guys. We need us some Jesus. Because I'm telling you, you don't know where they're going to be, where they're going to go, what's going to happen. You have no idea. Um, if I'm, somebody else corrects your pronunciation on something, am I allowed to share it? No. We're mooning <laughs> Because I realized that I've been slurring things and um, got. But it was. This is kind of an important one. It's Deutsche Bank, not Douche Bank. Deutsche. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> you could have let that one slide. I said you. If anybody goes back to that clip and you said it, my eyes went really big and I literally refrained myself from correcting you in the moment. Their name. I was like. I was like. I just. I internalized the bomb of me correcting you and then. I couldn't help it when Carrie came on Facebook and did it. And I was like, I, now I have to. I'm sorry. It was Carrie is a bad influence on me. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, there is, there are few, very few things that rub, rub like our fingernails on the chalkboard than uh, having um, words mispronounced for some reason um, 
in and being corrected on by by no, Michelle. They're, 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 here's the problem with the with this issue. Just full disclosure. The fing, fingernails on a chalkboard for you is having your misspoken words corrected. And the fingernails on the chalkboard for me is is hearing the word so mispronounced. One so so one it. of us is going to have to take the fingernails well, on the chalkboard. It's usually me. It's definitely usually you. Yeah. But I I tried. I In that moment, Leah, go back and watch the, watch when you said it. And I went, and, I went, and my eyes got real big, and I went, mm -mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And then Carrie. did you do what we just talked about? Did you breathe I... in the Holy Spirit and breathe out yourself? No, I did not. We were we working on that, right? Inside. So uh, this is a this is a good tip for you. And every the world is very angry right now. Okay, and we're all kind of picking up on it. And um, so Sam gave us a really good tip, which is when you feel like you're going to get angry or upset, and you can kind of feel the bu -bu 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 right. Breathe in the Holy Spirit, breathe out yourself. Yes. And so if you start to get a little offended before the simmering boils over, breathe in the Holy Spirit, breathe Sherry out. Sherry knows me, and she said, Michelle showed great restraint. Thank you, Sherry. I tried, and then I failed. Me taking sides with Carrie here was a failure on my part, and I admit it. You admit it. I do. You weakness it. in my moment. All right. So um, our brother over there in California, Brian um, from Glad Tidings, shared this TikTok. Now, this is a little bit of a conspiracy theory-y um, wording on how Nickelodeon came about to be. Now, the here's the question is, why do we have Nick, 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 Nickelodeon stuck in our head? I don't know. But my question is, I think that there is something to be had with the television, with modern technology, that the demonically led people who create these shows that brainwash children would have a nefarious underpinning foundation. So I would like to play this for you guys. And of course, just like with the Disney scares, you're going to not let your kid watch uh, Nickelodeon either. We weren't allowed to watch Nickelodeon. Because so it was way worse. My mom believed that Nickelodeon it... was, um, it was, it was, it was worse. It had, it had worse than any, than like Disney. Like what though? It was more Did crass. The cartoons? There wasn't as many cartoons. It was more, um, the live action things for kids was more, way more crass on Nickelodeon. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to teach you how spelling works. Let's start with Latin. Ni means no. Nick means nothing. Nick elo means I eat nothing, and ni kelo means I don't know, and nik kelo means I don't care. Now, deo means God. Now, these words you can actually put all together, and you get a phrase, and it sounds something like nikalodia or nikalodia. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. They didn't even bother pronouncing the extra in at the end of Nickelodeon. But what does this word or phrase mean? Let's break it down. Nick elodeo. I eat nothing from God. Nick elodeo means I don't know God. Or Nick calodeo. I don't care about God. Nick, 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 Nick. Nickelodeon! Now, this phrase or spell, you can pronounce it however you like. Because demons don't care about your accent or the extra consonants thrown in there. Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon. 
doesn't really matter to them. This is how witchcraft and spelling works. Similar enough, works fine for them. People mispronounce my name all the time. Ryan, Brian, Francis. You think the demons care? Seriously. Demons don't care. Close enough, they're showing up. Company that by chance, or just a weird, silly coincidence. And I know some of you in the comments will be like, no, Brian, Nickelodeon comes from that one movie theater in Boston in 1909 where they would show movies for a nickel and then they just added the Odeon at the end that represented the music hall that was actually named after Odin. And nickel was actually named after Nike that got us a victory. So, huh, nickel, victory, Odin, Odeon. Victory of Odin. Who is Odin again? Oh yeah, a hybrid Nephilim fallen angel god. I don't I don't really think you can actually get your way around this one. Or do you think maybe it's possible that everything in the media has been spun to make you not believe in God and to make you forget and still hang on still today control this entire world. I don't think that the demons control this entire world. That's why I want to pass that up. But this is scripture. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Rituals and murders and bad things to children. And see, now you might understand a little bit more why. When you type in SpongeBob's address from his license, it used to take you to Jeffrey Epstein's island. Oh, but that was probably just done by accident too, huh? So I put that in there. Uh, I thought that that was uh, kind of interesting. I cannot confirm. I really like to bring you stuff that I've confirmed. Because um, you got a little black thing here. Um, uh, Taylor Swift, uh, you know, was going around as like Anton LaVey's daughter this week. Um, oh my gosh, stop So with that. when everything is a conspiracy theory and you muddle it up with facts that aren't true, yeah. you muddle the facts that are true. Uh, so I do believe that there is definitely something nefarious to the name Nickelodeon. But I will say, say this to the, um, the Taylor Swift and the Anton LaVey's daughter. They look very, very similar. That is enough for me to go, wow, there's something demonic there. Mm -hmm. But an actual factual, like, this is literally, the ages don't even match up. They're not even yeah. anywhere close. It's, it's physically impossible for her to be that. Because um, we've watched Taylor Swift grow up as a little girl. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this woman is a clip. There's no, like, I don't believe in reincarnation. Okay, but there is something too, as she has grown up, there there could be something I should say to maybe even her trying to fashion her way into looking like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that it's could possible. definitely that's be the, it. But that's as far as I can go on it because I mean, guys, if everything's a conspiracy theory not and not nothing is, um, but we do know that many of the artists uh, out there look to Anton LaVey and study him like mm -hmm. a high priest. Mm -hmm. So, and, and we know that um, she has been doing these concerts that are incredibly satanic. Oh, they all so do. So the idea that Taylor Swift doesn't know that she does look very similar mm -hmm. to Anton LaVey's daughter is a complete impossibility. Yeah, I will give you that. That's true. All right, we're gonna shift a little bit here. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy at the GOP debate this week, you would be forgiven for not knowing that it occurred. Donald Trump had a uh, rally the same night uh, as as this particular debate. But I tell you, this opening by Vivek Ramaswamy, no one has ever done an opening like this. It is uh, hilarious. It's spot on. He takes on Roma, uh, Rona McDaniel. And uh, I don't think it's that one. 
I think it might be more towards, I'm not sure if it's to the okay. right or left. And he takes on the MSN, the NBC uh, moderators themselves and calls out the uh, the GOP for actually... For those who have been staying, staying tuned before we were getting the show ready, they um, have heard the clip multiple times because I played it. Oh, these are awful. Okay. Mm, that one's not it. That's So I don't know if you... For some reason, you don't have it up there. Let me see. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, I'm screen sharing. Okay. That one's not it. Um, yeah, I don't know where the epic, epic one is. You want to play one of these other ones first or... Let me just... Um, no, I actually it, have it on the... my computer if you want me to play it. Okay, we'll sure. Just pull up, let's just pull it up on here and we'll just play it from here. Ready? Gladiators ready? No, not an audio file. <laughs> Try again. Okay. So, yeah, they, they were... They, this, there was no epic showdown between any of the, the non-people on the stage. Go ahead and bring it up. Uh... Mike Pence was not there. Why would you? Would be uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something oh, deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We're a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020. 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn to That's Governor, Governor Christie. Whatever. Yeah, they rigged so the 2020 election. They're going to rig this election if we don't do something about it. And you people, would you have Greg Gutfeld moderating your Democratic debate? Where, why, why don't you have any actually conservatives, Republicans, moderating a Republican debate? That's an excellent question. Because the mainstream media are all Democrats. I mean, this is a this is the world that we live in right now. All right, let's go through a few more of these clips. Anytime you see Ramaswamy uh, on stage, let's play those ones first. Um, I think I got uh, his. Uh, uh, guys, let's point out first of all that Lee and I are not proponents of Ramaswamy. We just, just had the, the best debates. clips. I We're mean, out of yeah, all of them, he really did an excellent job. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the UN. Bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? 
All right, Mr. In which Ron case, we've got two of them on stage tonight. Well, you. and that's with Joe reference to Ron DeSantis and his shoe lifts, but I, I, I didn't feel like I really wanted to cover the shoe lifts. Ready. End this farce that Joe Biden is going to be your nominee. We know he's not even the president of the United States. He's a puppet for the managerial class. So have the guts to step up and be honest about who you're actually going to put up so we can have an honest debate. Biden should step aside, end his candidacy now, so we can see whether it's Newsom or Michelle Obama or whoever else. All right, Just Mr. tell Mr. us the Swami, truth so we can have an honest debate. Okay, one more time. I want to close with one message to the Democrat Party. End this farce that Joe Biden is going to be your nominee. We know he's not even the president of the United States. He's a puppet for the managerial class. So have the guts to step up and be honest about who you're actually going to put up so we can have an honest debate. Biden should step aside, end his candidacy now, so we can see whether it's Newsom or Michelle Obama or whoever else. All right, Just Mr. tell Mr. us the Swami, truth so we can have an honest debate. Um, yeah, mic drop time from Ramaswamy. Uh, here's a here's a here's a follow up here. Her real foreign policy experience wasn't her time at the U.N. Him. It was the millions she made afterwards. After she steps down, her family starts a military contracting firm, Allied Defense LLC. If the mainstream press were doing Hold their decisions, Allied Defense should have to disclose who their clients are. I did something that no normal business people don't do. I put up 20 years of my tax records, personal tax filings. She should put up 20 years of her personal tax filings and put up the clients of Allied Defense LLC. If you're running for U.S. president. Tell us who the damn clients are of the military contractor that you started, presumably using your connections from the U.N. Starts the military contracting firm. Starts, again, then serving on the board of Boeing. Ends up giving secretive speaking fees from foreign actors while also running a military contracting firm. Think about that. It's Hillary Clinton on steroids. You could just go down the list. She's somebody who literally during this presidential campaign, as far as I know, it's unprecedented in U.S. presidential election history, collecting corporate stock options while running for U.S. president. And now she's a multimillionaire. And by the way, what I left out was at the time she left the U.N., she and her family were drowning in debt. By the way, for somebody who's an accountant, that's a discussion for another day. But goes from being and wants to run the U.S. and says that she's a candidate who's going to fix our national debt problem. Comes out of government, drowning in personal debt. Uses connections to start a military contracting firm without naming their clients. Somebody who actually then joins the board of Boeing, the company who's actually scratched forever while governor of South Carolina, another military contractor, speaking fees, including with foreign actors. Hillary Clinton style, collecting stock options while running for U.S. president, all of that, then emerges just like Joe Biden, a multimillionaire. Hmm. These are not the people, whether it's Biden or Haley, these are not the people we should want deciding. I really appreciate the fact that he's calling her out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she turned terribly on Donald Trump. And she did. She started out, um, you know, after she left Donald Trump, she had no money. She was really in debt. And then she starts a defense contract. And then she wants Israel to blow Hamas to pieces. And these are the kind of people that are making money off of dead bodies. Yep. There is a special place in hell for um, people like that. And uh, you know you're going to go there. Because if you um, make money off of weaponry like that, you're going to hell. There you go. You are not going to heaven. <laughs> You are not going to heaven, Nikki Haley. If oh, wow. You're not going. Okay? I'm telling you, if you are making money, if, if you are making money off of defense contracting and people are dying in these crazy wars and you're making money off of that, mm -hmm. nobody gets to make money off of making weapons that kill people. Those are supposed to be something that, especially weapons of war, if there's anything that should be made I think you by mean the weapons of war, because like regular well, gun I mean, manufacturers. No, I mean weapons of war. Yes. If, there, if, if there's anything that should be a government business, it's making your own tanks. Yeah, it same. shouldn't be a defense contractor who's making so much money because then they're going to push you into foreign wars because they need clientele.
Or they need a reason. So the only yeah. thing I think I, I, the government should, if there is a government thing, it should only be you manufacturing weapons. It shouldn't be a private business because those private businesses have a lot of interest in stirring up trouble overseas so, so that other people kill makers. people. I'm not, I'm not so convinced yeah. that we need to be making all these weapons that they are making. I don't anyway. think I don't think we should either. Uh, and then here is her state his statement on Rona McDaniel. And I always get her name wrong. The head Roma, of the GOP. Right. Rona, it's R-O-N-N-A. Okay. Yeah. They got trounced. And everybody... If destroyed. You're, Kentucky. Totally destroyed. Yeah, Virginia. I mean, kind of Ohio. You just go... These are red states, okay? Oh, Kentucky and Ohio, certainly. And so... I'm walking in. The, Let me this just is say, the Kentucky didn't get that. trounced. The AG, the Attorney General, was Republican. It was plus 16 Republican. The Secretary of State of Republican, it was plus 21 Republican. And somehow the Democrat governor, just governor, is plus five Democrat. Those mm. are shenanigans. Trouncing. This is the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. She's coming. She's like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'll give you a handshake. She's like, how you doing? I said, not that well, given that last night didn't go very well. She says, what happened last night? Like oblivious. So, so think, is she saying wait, it jokingly? No, no, or no, she... She's saying it almost angrily, right? Because because I was like, the last night didn't go well. So like she's, she's challenging me. She says, well, what happened last night? Oh, okay. Like, what happened last night? I don't know what happened last night. Tell me what happened last night. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is the person who's accountable for running the Republican Party. I said, we lost the election. She said, we have nothing to do with that. Really? I run the National Party. These are state races. We have nothing to do with that. So where's... And, 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 then, and then says... And, and, and then starts to, like escalate her voice and says I refuse to fall on the sword for this one I refuse to fall on the sword for this one this is not my fault and it's like okay clearly she's been she's been criticized how many all minutes day for before this. you hit the stage is this happening oh this is like early this is in the morning right okay like, it's like pre-game prep yeah you kind of go through, through they, they through. show you where you're going to be yep. standing here's your microphone yep. so that's where this happens so it's not like I surprised her on the stage. <laughs> Got it. All right. She knew where I'm at on this. She had already had a long morning with this topic. Oh, of course. And should. I mean, she 2018, loss. 2020, oh, oh, loss. 2022, no red wave. 2023, trouncing. Total drubbing for the Republican Party. This is the individual who's the national chairwoman. She runs the entire Republican National Committee. Where's the accountability? So I get on stage, and you're getting some, like, you know, standard, you know, beaten dead old horse Donald Trump question. I said, forget that. Let's talk about what happened last night, because the last two elections he's been out. Republicans have gotten trounced for different reasons, so stop blaming the boogeyman. There's an accountability problem yeah. within the Republican Party. And so, so I say on stage that Ronna McDaniel, if she wanted to come up on stage, and I meant it, if she did want to come up on stage, you know, debate stage time is valuable, but I would still yield my time to her if she wants to use the microphone, look the American people in the eye, and say she resigns, which would be good for the Republican Party, and I believe she should resign. So what does she say? So then the press reports, there's people apparently sitting in her row or behind her row in front of her where she is. Think about this. The neutral arbiter of the Republican National Committee later in the debate when I'm sparring with other candidates, booing when I'm speaking, clapping against other candidates when I when they're speaking against me. So she was booing. Yeah, Who was booing. She's booing me <clears throat> at other points in the debate. And I don't care about that. But think about your dereliction of duty. Yeah. You're supposedly the neutral arbiter of the entire National Republican Party hosting a debate. It's like a referee cheering in the middle of a game between two teams it doesn't make sense like if you're if the referee is like booing or hollering in favor of one team or the other that's that's what that looks like if she's the arbiter then she's saying during the breaks and this is reported by the press so i wasn't there but it's apparently sources who are around her reported by multiple sources in the press saying that i would not get another cent from the rnc yep so think about what that means 
That means she believes that's her money. Mm-hmm. Right? She, these are donations she's collected from other people, but somebody said a mean thing about her, mm. and it's not even a mean thing about her. Someone said that we need accountability in the Republican Party, that this person who has failed us four times in a row, that there needs to be some accountability. She says, if he says that about me, then this money that I have been a steward for, a fiduciary for, that I'm not going to give a cent to him because he said something that I didn't like about me. That's a conflict of interest. So, so then I get a question after the debate uh, in the press room. I don't know who it came from, but I'm presuming it's from you know one of the RNC-aligned people, which is how come you would go on Rana's stage, on her Rana's stage, stage, on her stage is what they said, on her stage and criticize her like that? My response is that's not her stage, and that's the problem with this party. It doesn't belong to these corrupt establishment political creatures. And so uh, there was, remember when there was a, uh, d- there was actually a vote in the Republican Party um, it belong- for their chairperson, and it was Harmeet Dillon, mm-hmm. uh, who is a uh, free speech lawyer uh, representing Carrie Lake and a bunch of other people, Donald Trump in different times, different things, um, James O'Keefe. She's amazing. She's been Tucker Carlson the whole time, and she's been heavily involved in the Republican Party. You have to work your way up. It's a good boys club or whatever. And uh, she didn't win. Why didn't she win? Because she didn't play the game. There is a game, and and Ronna McDaniel, with all of her plastic surgery face and all the shopping sprees, she, she looks like Burt Reynolds. She spends on your money. Do not give another dime to the Republican Party. Not another cent. Not another dime to any of these people. Do not give them to. Do not give your money to them. Do not give your money to them. Ronna D- McDaniel. I don't. She is playing for the other team. She wants us to lose. When she says what happened last night, she's happy about it. That woman's not pro-life. She doesn't care about conservative causes. She hates you. She absolutely loathes you and loathes all Republicans. And they put her in that position because you have to control the people. And the way you control the people is you control the party. And that's why we have a lot of people who are working very hard at these lower levels in each state to become select committeemen, they end up voting for people who would be on the ballot. They would end up voting for uh, who they would want for uh, the chairwoman. And uh, if you guys want to get involved, get involved there. Get involved in these the Republican select committees um, and make your voice heard uh, the next time a uh, vote comes around. Let me read a, com- a couple of comments here. Nana Yaffa says, follow the money straight to Big Pharma. That's from earlier. Um, Scott Kesterson. Hi, Scott Kesterson. If you're making money off of death, you are a death merchant. James says, amen, Leah. That woman is absolutely evil. Scott says the military industrial complex are merchants of death. They need war to survive. Worse is that the military industrial complex are typically government funded and traded on Wall Street. Um, SL Holmes says, suddenly hate him, snake in the grass. Um, a righteous hate for evil. Sherry says, anytime I hear them talking about who was or who was not responsible for a lost election or a win, it just makes me think that that is completely rigged. If a vote is honest, how can anyone be responsible? Um, She says, the amount of money spent on elections is disgusting. We could pay for all the needs. Yeah, it is really bad. Well, that goes into the next story. Speaking about money, the total revenues uh, for uh, on this chart here are from 1985 to 2022. And I want you guys to see this. Total revenue was $4.9 trillion in 2022. Total individual taxes were $2.6 trillion. We are now paying $1 trillion per year in interest on the national debt, about 20% of total revenue. Within 12 months, it will be 
1.3 trillion annually in interest payments on the national debt, about half of all individual income taxes. This is getting crazy. If we had a refresh recession, the tax revenue drops, the numbers get even worse. Now, what you may not know and what you may not understand is that um, you know, somebody posted on there, well, you need to know that the public owns a majority of the national debt. So let's just take a, a gander of who owns the national debt, just so you guys see how nefarious, you know, when you hear the left talk about, it, they say the national debt is no big deal. You know why? Because they say it's owned by the public and then it's owned by the government. So when you look at a pie chart of who actually owns the, the, the national debt, it's it's pretty hilarious. So uh, they you know China does not own a lot of it. It's three point seven percent. United Kingdom. What the heck is the United Kingdom uh, with two point two percent of our national debt? U.S. non bank public in uh, the in the treasuries there sixteen uh, percent. Other countries sixteen percent. The Federal Reserve now. This is what I don't understand. This is what no one can explain to me. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on this. I keep trying to wrap my brain around this between the Federal Reserve and the intergovernmental holdings at about 40%, 41, 40, 41%. Okay, so the intergovernmental holdings are those uh, retirement accounts, even like Social Security and other government retirement accounts that supposedly buying the U.S. debt so that somehow they can make money off of the U.S. debt. But it's the U.S. government. Okay, it's the Federal Reserve printing the money. Then the government buys back the money in order to earn interest on the money itself that it printed. I can't wrap my brain around this nonsense, okay? How does the Federal Reserve, which printed the money, then buy it back, buy back, buy it back? How do you print it and buy it back? And then you... And so the Federal Reserve somehow owes, owns the debt. But this is... I watch YouTubes on this. You explain this to me. I have read many articles on this and I have seen so many people quack, quack, squawk, squawk, squawk in their little money, money squawk box saying it's no big deal, guys, because if we default on the national debt, we just don't pay ourselves. Then the Federal Reserve just doesn't get paid, which is fine for them because they're printing the money anyways. What do you mean, Michelle? How do I have a printing press in my basement and I lend it out to somebody? I lend out that money. And then I say, you know what? If you give me that money, wait a minute. You, I'm lending you the money, but wait, wait a minute. I'm going to buy it back from you. I'm like going to buy your debt back. I like what Brian says here. How can you have a debt on created money? If the money is want, created out of thin air, the debt is also created out of thin air. How do you erase the debt, change the currency? It's, it, it's so when you read these articles, what you'll end up reading is like, oh, don't worry. It's just about, um, let's see, 16, uh, 20, 25, 25% are, are other governments. So like if we defaulted, you know, we've got U.S. non-public, um, you know, it's just either the U.S. non-public or 
uh, or non-bank public. So the U.S. non-bank public is 16%. The U.S. commercial banks, uh, 15%. Uh, and then don't worry, because foreign governments are not that big of a pie. And our, our, our citizens will be fine. And our, our commercial banks will be fine. And the, and the intergovernmental holdings of Social Security and retirement accounts. I don't understand how you can buy your debt back. I don't understand how you can print the money and then buy it back and then make interest on it. How do you make interest on the money that you loaned out and you printed? I don't understand. Which is why you need to go to um, ITM trading. ITM trading. There's our. Go ahead. What are those? What are those um, memes there? What are they saying? Okay, hang on. I'm going to the usdebtclock.org. This is from Sherry in the comment section. She said that she clicked on the secret window. The secret window. Um, <laughs> Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Okay. So we, what does Woodrow Wilson say here? A little racist guy. But wait, read him. I am most a most unhappy man. I have unwittingly ruined, ruined my country. A great industrial nation is controlled by its system of credit. Our system of credit is concentrated. The growth of the nation, therefore, and all our activities are in the hands of a few men. We have come to be one of the worst ruled, one of the most completely controlled and dominated governments in the civilized world. No longer a government by free opinion, no longer a government by conviction and the vote of the majority, but a government by the opinion and duress of a small group of dominant men. Well, he's the one that signed the Federal Reserve Act. Yeah. Crazy man. And then he like, what is the, what is the other mean? This one right next to it? Yeah. The purchasing power of the dollar. Oh, you watch it go down and down and down. So a dollar is a dollar is a dollar in 1913. And then it's worth uh, about 45 cents uh, in between 1913 and We are less than three cents. This is not an accurate depiction. It's less than three cents now, but yes. So this is what happens when you flood the monetary supply. Inflation is, okay, inflation is taxation on your savings account. Okay, because if you had a dollar for 200 years in the, in the, in the founding of this nation, you had a dollar. But from 1913 to 2023, for every dollar you had, you had three cents. Yeah. They stole your money. They did. They stole your finances because you were not intangible assets like gold and silver. So tell them about ITM trading. Okay, guys. Here's the deal. Here's your deal. I don't know why, other than God's amazing grace, everything has not completely collapsed around us. I know. Why you still have time if you do have a 401k or anything like that um, or savings to get out of that and get into God's money. Yes. But God is very gracious. And you know what? When I listen to Lynette Zhang from ITM Trading, she's always like, it's rock bottom prices right now. Mm -hmm. I don't like that phrase, actually, because a price means that something that you can buy and technically you are buying it. So, But I hate to use that phraseology because you're literally doing a currency conversion. You're exchanging fake monopoly money for real money. Yeah. Okay. And it, and your, it, it, the, the amount of monopoly money that you're turning in to get real money is a lot less than it should be. Yeah. Okay. Let's put it that way. So go to learn.itmtrading.com forward slash chicks or call them with our special number, 1-866-950-7776. It's a free strategy call, okay? They will talk to you like four or five times for free where they will walk you through how do you transition out of a completely volatile currency to something that is God's money, sound money, 
1-866-950-7776. That way, if, you know, Lynette, I, I am, I, you know, that when the Bible says not to covet something, it means don't want it so that they can't have so it like a wife. Right. right. Like I want my neighbor's house. Well, then that I means your neighbor's neighbor. not living there. Yeah. I want my neighbor's, I, I want my neighbor's wife. That means your neighbor doesn't have your wife. However, wife. to wish that you had something similar to somebody else. I don't think that that's coveting. I wish that I had something similar. And that is this Lynette's grandfather stored up so much gold and she has inherited that gold. And that goes back to around this time where the collector coins that she has, I don't were even not confiscated during the time when um, yeah. it wasn't. And then he taught her. And so she started getting into gold. I want to say in the eighties. Yeah, well, she was an investment. Um, she was on she the was a broker. Market. Yeah, broker. And so, but she was still even. She's been storing up gold and silver back when it was literally pennies. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I do have a little yeah. bit like of. I wish we had something like that. Yeah. Well, the silver is mine. The gold is mine. But there's five characteristics of money. It's got to be divisible. Yes. It's got to be portable. It has to be acceptable, universally acceptable. It has to be scarce. It has to be durable. It has to be stable in value. Um, so that is why silver and gold are uh, God's money. Yep. And we talk about this all the time. And so we're pulling ourselves out of the system. And um, guys, if you live in Ohio, we are feeling and sensing a change. And I know that we are going to start to see in Ohio, I'll bet it's starting really slowly, like kind of starting in a theory in my brain. Okay, to turn us into those states like uh, Arkansas and Missouri, where um, start to do a little bit of of even if you don't have a lot of money, go to SD Bouillon and uh, get yourself some silver, get yourself some silver dimes, because I want to create and God wants us to create an alternative economy so that we need to change it in, in our uh, Ohio law so that we can use silver and gold as a means of exchange, because this says a dollar. Okay. Right now, uh, uh, if you live in Ohio, you have to you have to pay um, the spot price on this, and you have to, if you uh, if you if somebody gives this to you and you and, and as a if somebody were to give you five of these, you're supposed to record them as a um, as a as the value. Let me help you, you here. At. All right, let me help you. This in order to buy this, you're going to pay a pay a premium about. 30 to 35 dollars spot price is roughly around 25 so if it. somebody pays you in like six of these you're going to be recording that at your 100 100 to 150 dollars okay mm -hmm. something like that and then you would then pay taxes on this i say this this says i did not put one dollar on this the u.s mint did by the way did you know that according to them they say, and according to God and our Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, wrong, and the Coinage Act, which was never revoked, by the way, you cannot pay somebody four of these and, and write on your taxes, that person can't write on their taxes, I just got four bucks, and pay taxes on four dollars. You can't actually do that. I say, try me. And Watch so, me. I uh, will do it. So what they're saying is that even if you sell your your silver short term capital gains or tax at your regular income tax rates, but limit you can't charge you taxes on money. Yeah. Right. It is a real coin right. that the U.S. government minted. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it was probably the Federal Reserve. So, 
But like you can't tax money. You can't, you can't. charge on money. You cannot. You can't. And there are several states, Arkansas, You Utah, can't purchase money. Um, you can only exchange to, for it. I think right now there's three states and Missouri's working on it. Missouri's working on it. Here's the deal. So that you literally don't have to, you shouldn't have to pay taxes on money because you don't have to pay, you shouldn't have to pay taxes at all on paper. Okay. And um, you shouldn't have to, you should not have to uh, pay taxes. If, if, if somebody says, hey, and I've used these, you can use these and you can go to a store and use this for a dollar. You can use this for a dollar. I've used them in tough, 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 tough times. Okay, it was stupid. But um, we have, you can pay and it's just a dollar. The equivalent of what you're saying, taxes, we pay taxes on our money. We pay taxes on our paper dollars. What you're talking about is what they, what they do with this is like, if you walk into the bank and you say, give me a hundred dollars and they're going to say, well, we're going to tax you to, to get that into your possession. Yeah. That's what they do with gold and silver because they're saying that you're purchasing it to get it. No, it's money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so different states um, are working on that. And I want, I want Ohio to be a place where we can buy and sell and trade. With This is, this is constitutional money. This is the constitutional money. All right. right. Okay, so moving on from constitutional money and the fact that we are all in major debt. Um, I have a video here. A watch as a self-described witch explains that abortions can be used for birthing magic and death magic simultaneously. Abortion is child sacrifice. It's going to be on the left side of the... Okay, um, thank you. No, 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 no. I don't think thank that you. mine are in order. Okay. They're over oh. here. You said they're over here. I just used the left side. Uh, I, I have three YouTubes here that you don't have. Oh, because they're not. There you go. I just highlighted them. Okay, so it's going to be the, the... It's going to be over here. Let's see. We were just over there. Those are tweets. You said YouTube. No, on the left of the YouTube. Okay, I'm sorry. I misheard. Here we go. So don't tell me that witchcraft is not real. I'm sorry. And it's birthing magic. How to practice abortion as a magical ritual. Part one. My qualifications for teaching this. I am a witch who has had abortions and has used them as rituals. I've been through this twice. And it's birthing magic and death magic simultaneously. If you are a womb body who has made the decision oh to have an abortion, Keep in mind that there is death and there is life. There has been a conception. There is life that has been conceived. For me, I look at the abortions I've had as workings. So just like you would go through a spell and do things in a very specific order, you would, you would lay things out in a very specific order, because how we do our rituals and our workings and our spell castings, the order that we do them in is the order they play out in, in the physical when the magic like really kicks in and our spirits that we have called on say it's time for that working to work. So if we look at an abortion and conception ritualistically, there's a life that has been conceived. So yeah. Wow. So she literally tells the whole world that she knows that it's life and she admits that there's life. And so all abortionists and all the people who are pro-abortion know that it's life, know that you're killing a life. And um, she said it's birthing magic and death magic. So she admits to um, obviously killing animals and doing death magic. Um, and that's what abortion is You know is what about. I find fascinating is that we live in a society where that can now be on the internet. Mm -hmm. Right? Like it oh, used yeah. to be that witchcraft and Wiccan things, mm -hmm. like things like that were unspoken. Mm -hmm. 
you didn't really talk about them. They were done behind closed doors, but now you can do a how to book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. Now wow. you can do a how to book on it. You know, um, we were, to, we did a show earlier. You can bring up this scene and click, see an end clip. We did a show earlier about the toxicity in. Ah, we're back. Are we back? I think we're back, yeah. Woo-hoo. Oh, my goodness. Right just, after we played the witchcraft the video. The witchcraft and video. And I was getting ready to play the other video from CNN. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Just, with the people that... I'm sorry. It's not the devil, but it's the coincidences are, are uncanny. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yes, I would definitely say the coincidences are very interesting. All right, so I want to play this... Let me see if I can find this CNN clip here for, for us. Because I wanted to play. They're feeling the anger coming in um, from the dark beings that be in the... Uh, where where did she go? Dana Bash. There she is. Okay. Okay, I'm going to play this. Play in CNN, Facebook. Really more alarming. Uh, it's been there and it's been growing on campuses and it's been masquerading as political speech. And, and more importantly, uh, and really more alarmingly, university presidents have not condemned this because they have said, oh, it's just political speech. And because it has been allowed to fester, Kate, for, for many years now, uh, it has now exploded on these campuses and it has seeped into. Uh, the, uh, the, the the society, the fabric, the culture, not just on college campuses, but also even more so on the progressive hard left and maybe even not just the hard left. And the first time we did this, Kate, uh, it was in 2022, the majority of the incidents were coming from white supremacists white on the far right. But now, and that's still there. That's still but there. Because it has been allowed to um, just kind of run rampant uh, on growing in a growing way on the left, Kate. That is why it is exploding now with this incident, which is very complicated. This war is extremely complicated. What is not complicated is that there is a, a, a violent rage that is going on against Jews that we have not seen maybe even ever in America. And that's, and that's important because while the history, um, the history in the region okay. is I'm going to stop that there. So this is what is incredibly hilarious to me. So much hate is arising from the left, mm. that there are violent acts. There was a Jewish man actually killed at one of these protests. The violence is raging high. And I do want to, I do want to warn you all, as you're watching our show, we're going to make a, a kind of a transition to some maybe less newsy things because I'm realizing that as we begin to uh, present to you a lot of these things that can get you upset, then it can get you heightened. Uh, we want to bring that level down as much as we can while still keeping us informed of what's going on in the world. Um, I do have a video, I'm probably not going to play it, uh, where Tucker Carlson is talking about um, a meme maker, Douglas Mackey, who is about to go to prison for mocking Hillary Clinton on the internet. I guess we can play the first few minutes for, for a second. Um, and then I'm going to I'm going to make a little transition here. I've believed it. It's a free country. We have free speech. 
But it turns out not only is that possible, it has likely become much more common because the actual war is over information. One of its first casualties is a man called Doug Mackey, who during the 2016 election made fun of Hillary Clinton on Twitter. And then a few years later, found himself the subject of a federal raid, an indictment, and then a conviction. It's a shocking story. It's hard to believe it's happening in this country, but it is. And to prove it, Doug Mackey joins us now. Doug, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Tucker. So um, I've never even seen you in person before. You have not, I don't think, spoken about this publicly, or at least very often, uh, since it happened. So give us just a quick background on who you are. I read, I think, in BuzzFeed that you were a dangerous white nationalist militant. Are you? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see it. Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Vermont. In Vermont? Yes. Not a hotbed of white nationalist militancy. Uh, and where'd you go to college? What were you doing during the 2016 election, et cetera? Uh, I graduated from Middlebury College, which yes. is also in Vermont. Yep. And then I moved to New York. Uh, I lived there about six years. That's where I was at the time of the election, the 2016 election. What were you doing? Uh, so I had just left my job, but I was previously an economic researcher. Huh. So first, like a Wall Street firm or something like that? Uh, something like that. Corporate America. Yes. So what were you doing during the 2016 election? So I was posting a lot of stuff on Twitter under a pseudonym about the election. Hmm. What kind of stuff? Um, Pro-Trump memes, jokes, uh, all kinds of links, that kind of thing. Why were you doing that? Uh, just purely out of passion. Oh, so you like Trump? I like Trump, that's right. Why? Um, I thought he was a breath of fresh air for the country. Uh, I think that his So I'm gonna go here to analysis when the FBI raided his home. Let me see. Or put president. Where are we? Was uh, seven days after Joe Biden was inaugurated. Did you have any warning that this was coming? Wait, we're going to back up. Just from, okay. 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 Um, but this criminal tweet is from 2016. 16, okay. November. So um, at any point, did you think that you committed a crime or that others would think that you committed a crime? No. When did you discover that you were considered a felon by the U.S. government? Uh, well, I had eight to ten law enforcement agents come and lock on my door at 7 a.m. Uh, seven days after Joe Biden was inaugurated, did you have any warning that this was coming? No, no warning. Okay, you can pause that. You can stop it. So what were you doing? So they were ready for him. Yep. This was not, and this was done under Trump. Because seven days after, after, after Biden was inaugurated, they went after this guy. So the whole case was built under Trump. Yep. Draw your own conclusions. That Donald Trump did not have control of anything. Right. Everybody keeps thinking he's going to come in, he's going to wipe the deep state. But these guys were running under his nose a case to arrest a meme maker because Hillary Clinton was mad. So who's really running these three letter agencies? The deep state. Hillary Clinton and, and her whole cronies. They all, they all just, they text in it. You know what it's like? It's very in our movement that we're in. Mm-hmm. I have so many people who you all know and love with giant names mm -hmm. that I could text at any moment and ask for a favor. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me that the FBI and the Clintons and all of these people mm -hmm. don't have that exact same thing going on. Yeah. Get this guy. Yeah. Come on. Give me a break. All right. So I'm going to make a little bit of a switch here. You can um, keep telling us. I am right now. Okay. 
Uh, so this holiday the, season, shop the, tools. Um, that's I'm going to play that I one. Know. Uh, with the tension in the air today, we need to be extra careful. And I'm going to keep saying this over and over and over again to not allow our tensions to spill over to the people that we love and the people of our family. There are going to be attacks on you and your mental stability on how you are perceived by even your closest friends. Yep. And you cannot allow that to have you ha take away your peace or take away your joy. And if you need to, you can step away and say, you know what, if you need to say, peace be still, and we used to say it all the time. And I have a sign that somebody made on wood and I look at it all the time. And it says, peace be still. Our friend Sam, we were talking about the toxicity of the, the nation right now and the tension. And uh, we were talking about when you are out of control of your emotions, when you say things and you do things, when you're going round and round and you're using what, what she said was logic rather than the spirit. Do not try to logically go around and around with people as that escalates in your home. Mm. And I would say, try not to do a logical debate that gets heated and gets you to where you're losing your cool with anybody, okay? You need to find a way to speak the truth. When it comes from the Holy Spirit, sometimes it comes out very passionately. But you'll know that it's God, okay? You need to remove yourself from the realm of logic and enter into the realm of the Spirit. Come on, let's go. And we need to recognize that we cannot always convince everybody of what we know to be true. And we cannot, we do not always know what is true. And we can't always fix every situation and we can't always fix every relationship. But we have a God who can and a God who does love us and a God who wants us to fix things. And we, it says, blessed are the peacemakers. Does that mean you get walked all over by the loved ones in your house? Absolutely not. But it means that you do not escalate to the place where if someone around you is manifesting a demon that you manifest to. Well, Leah, I could never be demon possessed. I'm not talking about being demon possessed. I'm talking about the darkness that is whispered in your ear. And you know, those words that get whispered into your ear about people that you love, about people that you don't know. Um, Michelle told a story about a woman that she prayed for. Uh, go ahead and tell that story briefly again about being angry. Oh yeah. She said uh, it was at the night of freedom. And she had approached me prior to the event and we're walking around and she was telling me how she's so angry all the time and she doesn't want to be angry. And she said, I even find myself cursing at times. Like when somebody cuts me off in traffic or I see people that have a vote yes sign for issue one in their yard. And she's like, and I just find myself thinking like, I hope their house burns down. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to be this angry. She's like, I'm not this angry person. And so I told her, I said, I will pray with you mm -hmm. later. And I found her and she was so grateful. And I, and I found her and we prayed and she... I prophesied a lot over her and in the prophetic um, and even some questions about her past, she was a very neglected little girl. Her parents, she had a two parent home and she, to her knowledge, was not molested, but she was incredibly starved of love and affection. They just, and I prophesied this about her, actually. I prophesied that she was starved of love and affection, that she was just counted as kind of an extra, and she said, absolutely, 100%. And so I said, your anger is demonic, but it stems from a brokenness. You're just still angry because you deserved love. So I told her that what she needed to do is 
to go back in those memories and make it like her, she was loved. And so it was very, very loud. And I started just speaking into her ear. So I had to get very, very close so she could hear me. And I said, your mother loved you. She held you. She, uh, I, I don't know what I said. Like she let you do, you know, whatever it was as a kid that you wanted to do horses. I think she said, um, or, or something like that. And she, she pulled back and she was kind of shocked and she was like, no, no, but she didn't do those things. And I said, I know, but you have to go back and make it like she did. And so I was telling her, I said, your mother loved you, your mother. And so at first she thought that I was prophesying incorrectly. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Pro this is not a prophecy. I'm telling you to go back and fix it. Um, and I also told her, I said, these are demonic thoughts that come on you. And you have to start saying, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Instantly recognize that these thoughts and these curse words are not you. I said, you are not saying these things. You are not thinking these things. And she sends me this absolutely phenomenal message afterwards out of the blue. And I'm so sorry I haven't had a chance to respond to it, but it did make my day. And she's like, I have been so set free from that. I have been doing exactly what you said. I have not been angry. I have not wanted people's houses to burn down. I'm not cursing at people anymore. And it was just like the best testimony ever. And uh, for me personally, I had been thinking about her and praying for her and wanting to hear how she was doing. And she sent me a message. And so that felt that, so, so, so good. Um, there are other tips to give you guys in this moment. Uh, our friend Sam, we were talking about this. Um, we, uh, this is a physical tip. Physical tips are helpful. Usually, you know, I'll just go jump in the pool, but the pool's closed down. Sometimes I go for a run, but then sometimes that's not going to work. When you start to feel yourself, get a little bit, blah, 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 blah. We did this in the beginning of the show. We're going to do this. We're going to keep doing this, these exercises, okay? The Holy Spirit is a breath of life. Yeah. Okay? We know we breathe in oxygen and we exhale carbon monoxide. Monoxide. So I want you to breathe in the Holy Spirit. I want you to breathe out yourself, okay? Breathe in the Holy Spirit and breathe out yourself, Okay. And in that situation, when somebody at work is coming at you, somebody at school, um, when you're having a conversation with somebody, you can bring the Holy Spirit into the situation. And what that does is it allows you to hit a, a, a jump on the enemy trying to take a hold of your mind, uh, of trying to twist your brain, of trying to bring in um, negativity. Now, it takes a long time to heal up past when we've had the more brokenness we've had in our past. Um, you know, we were talking, uh, somebody said, just bury all those things deep down. The problem with burying memories and trauma deep down is that they're never buried. They're always, you're always be triggered by it. Oh, that's really good. Okay. And so something will come up and then you will end up snapping at somebody because of a trigger that you had in your past. And if you fix that and you allow, and you take Jesus, how do you do that? Only if you, you can only do this as a Christian, you act because Jesus heals the brokenhearted. And so you take Jesus back to that moment and you make it like it should have been. When I was in uh, college, Bible college, I had a friend who treated me very badly. Okay. And I spent a summer with her and I recognized that she wasn't the person that I thought she was. She treated me uh, a certain way and then my sister a certain way and my mom a certain way. And we She's all came She's always trying our... to pit us against one another. Yes. And there were, there were many other things in this, in this, uh, this relationship that pointed to this person is not who I thought she was. Uh, we went to her pastor. We went to her youth, youth pastor. They said, we understand that she is A, B, C, and D. And we would love to have you guys be in ministry with us, but she has been in our church. So we need to love and nurture and whatever, even though she is, she is a liar and a manipulator and things like that. So I went back to Bible college. And if you're watching, maybe you are. I don't know. And I did the Christian thing and I didn't say anything to anybody. 
And I recognize that that is not the way you handle those situations. Biblically speaking. Biblically even. speaking. Because what happened was, is she went and told all my friends all these things about me. And then when it, when it came time to my self-defense, I didn't have a chance to, to defend myself. And at that point, they didn't want to listen to and that, your side. And that point... And they cop, they cop they, the, I'm just staying out of I'm it. I'm staying out of it. It's I don't just want to hear about it. drama. I don't do drama. I'm your friend. And and a true friend will, will analyze the situation, and especially spiritual friends will pray in the spirit and say, you know what? If there is a right and a wrong here, I want to be on the side of right. Yeah. When Hamas comes in and kills, and I'm not comparing this person to Hamas, but you understand, and making a very big visual here, um, and kills the innocent people at the, you know, the, the rave in the, in the desert, you can tell that they're the bad guys. Right. Okay. And you don't need to say I'm part of the book. And that's what we do have right now. Right now is we do have people saying I'm, I'm friends with the bad guys and, and I'm going to be friends with the good guys or I'm just, and we have all kinds of confusion out there. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so, um, I realized this week that I had a major trigger to that situation. To when somebody else said that again about another situation that I had, I just don't want to do drama. I was triggered by that comment. I was like, wait a minute, this person did this thing, okay, and it was actually wrong, okay? Biblically speaking, what this person did was wrong. And I, I, I'm like, I need you to believe me. Now, that was my first fault. I don't need anyone to believe me. I need to find myself in the truth of God. And I made a series of mistakes over the past couple weeks because a person did something wrong to me and I wanted another person to believe me. And I could not let this wrong go. I kept, it, it kept gnawing at me and gnawing at me and gnawing at me. I, I can look back now and I can see that it was an attack from the enemy for what we were doing. It was a direct attack on our Halloween night. We, we made a video about it. Um, and, but here's the thing. I was not, I was praying in the Holy Spirit, but I can see how, if I had done Sam's thing, I'm going to breathe in the Holy Spirit and I'm going to breathe out myself on this. Oh, Leah, you're having, you, you can see that this is, this is, this is, um, this is, this is racking up to be a thing because you've got two friends right now who are totally not listening to you and you've got a, one friend literally siding with the other friend who did something wrong. And in trying to, I, I had all these triggers coming up and I had all these brokennesses coming up and I'm going to tell you something. It's, you can, you can bring these things and, and if these things come up, you cannot really fix a situation from a broken part of your brain. Hmm. Okay, so I've got these triggers because I had these friends that said that did not stand with me. They didn't when it, they, there was a true right and wrong that happened. Okay. And so what happens is if you don't heal the past, you're not able to approach the next situation. You're, what you're going to do is you're going to bring that compounded baggage to the next situation. And then you're going to bring that compounded baggage to the next situation. And that compounded, and it keeps compounding so that when you're trying, you're never truly just addressing the one situation. Yeah. And you're literally, you're going to end up hurting those who maybe hurt you, but you're going to hurt them back. Mm-hmm. And you are going to cause trauma or drama 
people who, you know, I live in depression. I live in, I have these, you know, PTSD. These are very real things. But if you have triggers like that, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to walk you through the healing of that memory so that you do what God wants you to do, which is always take each situation on its merits. That's how the Supreme Court is supposed to judge every case on its merits, not on so-and-so hurt me like this before, and I'm afraid this is going to happen again. Or this feels like this, okay? You can use it, but you can't use the pain, okay? The pain is going to get you in trouble, all right? So the pain got me in some trouble because I allowed my pain to come out and another person allowed their pain to come out and they exploded. And somebody said some pretty awful things, which hopefully they don't think are true. And then because you have a friend that says these pretty awful things about you, then if you allow that to go into your brain and you allow that to go back to that broken part, oh my goodness. Then you're bringing that pain to this pain and the devil is just having a heyday with your mind and a heyday with your emotions. And you might have an emotional breakdown on your sister's birthday. And then you start throwing arrows back and forth with your sister on very stupid things. And you might end up on a prayer call with Scott Kesterson at 12 in the morning. And you might pray, need to pray all night till you get to the other side and your mom might come out and say, would you please stop? And so in my public confessional wow. that I am making today, Here it comes. we are using this information because I know that I am not the only one. I know that I'm not the only one who is under pressure right now. I'm not the only one who's at a simmer and somebody's turning up the boil. And when you turn up to the boil, I'm telling you what, people get burned. And then that person's burn becomes your hot water. And that hot water starts spreading around to people around you. It's like a fire. And then people. you spend the next day thinking, how do I heal these, this burn? Well, I got some good news for you. Because the Lord gave me a word, Michelle. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. My friends, <laughs> when you ask for God's judgment to come upon those who are purporting, pur purporting? purporting abortion, when you're um, proponents of proponents of abortion, when you are asking God to judge the nation and you are saying exactly like I have been saying and judge me too, he will. And we shall be. And don't be afraid of it. Because the Lord said that, that what judgment does, what judgment does is it lays your shame and your brokenness is bare so that you feel the shame and you feel the brokenness and you have a choice. Mm. The choice is, I am feeling pretty darn awful right now. And I wish I didn't act like this. And I wish I didn't say this because I have been asking people to see and feel what it's like to be a baby in the womb. And I have been asking God to have people see and feel what it's like to not be loved and not be wanted. And I have been asking God to bring to the open all secrets of all those who have hurt all these people. Mm. And there's a scripture 
and it says judgment must begin at the house of God. And what I'm recognizing, there's, there's two kinds of judgment. One kind is God just punishes you and wipes you out and you're gone. That's pretty awful. Okay. The other kind of judgment, he says, I will lay your shame bare for all to see. Or even weight in the balances, even found wanting. And so what I, I put myself on the front of that judgment, not knowing that when he presses you to see what is deep inside of you, you want the good to come out. But when you're asking for the judgment where you are weak and where you are found wanting will come out. And so maybe you need to take a vacation on an island while you ask for God's judgment to come. Okay? Because you don't want to end up like me the next day saying, who was that person that acted crazy because my brokenness hurt, hit somebody else's brokenness. And then I'm upset. And then I say stupid things. And the anger gets contagious. And you go round and round in a stupid circle. And your Uncle Jack comes out with his walker <laughs> at like four in the morning saying, is anything wrong? Because you don't normally act like this. Well, thank you. Because sometimes that's an, under, that's an overstatement. But... Um, he said, he went back in his room and he said, well, if there's anything you want to talk about, I'm in my room. And the problem is there was nothing to talk about. But that was so kind. It was very kind. Because the, it was just, I, I was just angry. And he couldn't take the anger away. And so, Samantha, thank you. We are breathing in the Holy Spirit. Now, we've done a lot of things. We've taught you guys to go back and back. There are many different tactics that we are learning in all of the situations. Because when you go into the high places and you take on the enemy... The, 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 the weaknesses in your armor are going to come forward. And when you are asking for God's judgment to come on everybody else, then, then your weaknesses are coming forward. And, and we so, told that to people. We said, yeah. we're asking for God's judgment. And I t I, I've been saying this to you guys on the show for a couple months. Yeah. And I said, but guys, guess what? That means we're going through it with you. And I have already told God, here I am. Yeah. So I'm ready. Take, yeah. me, th take me through the fire. The refiner's fire is what we're talking about so here. So I'm going to teach you guys something. When the Lord shows you where you have been wrong and when you have found wanting... Find a way to tell people about it and teach them about it and show them how to make it better. Show them how to make a public confessional with your family and say, you know what? Like Pastor Devaney says, when you know better, you do better. Yeah. Okay. When you recognize how, whoa, I don't care if, 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 if my friends come after me, I don't care if the FBI comes after me. We don't have a right to start yelling or getting mad at our, our friends and our family and the people. We call this the circle of death. Okay, you get the, you know, we had Dave Canterbury. He's a survivalist guy. He had a, he did a kids class for us. And he said, how many of you have pocket knives? And they all, a bunch of them raised their hand and they tried to get him out. He said, don't get him out because we're sitting in a circle. And when you've got your arm's length, he's like, this is a circle of death. So we don't get our packets out, knives out. We don't get our yelling. We don't get our frustration. If you've got to yell, if you've got to be frustrated, go outside, go to a pillow, go in your car, get it out of your system by yourself. Okay, and then breathe in the Holy Spirit and breathe out so that the next day you can say, hey, we didn't open your presents. Do you want to go back and open your presents? Isn't that going to be great? Because we've been going in the high places, guys, and we've been asking for God's judgment and we've been asking for God to squeeze us and squeeze everybody else, too. So don't be afraid by what I just said for asking God's judgment to come on yourself and asking God's judgment to come on your nation, because guess what? They're next. I'm going to read some comments here. 
Sherry says, our flesh just gets in the way sometimes. When it seems like things are spiraling, it is a sign to take a step back. Ask Holy Spirit for guidance. It's not always easy. Mm. Faith Gal says, pain should not be our motivator to anything but prayer. Mm -hmm. Very good. Chris says, you are not alone anymore. Um, Faith Gal 602 says, I love you two so much and your transparency. I can testify to some, some pressure. Woo. Um, Sherry says plantain salve to the burns. She says, I'm just trying to lighten the mood. Sometimes laughter helps. <laughs> um, Patriot for life, four, 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 four. I saw that number yesterday. Thanks for being open and honest, Leah. Um, Faith Gal says, thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy in our meltdowns. Mm. Chris says, praise the Lord for our, for loving kindness in families. Uh, Subby says, thank you, Leah. I know what you're feeling. It is great to hear a good way to get through it. Yeah. Faith says, amen. Let peace be the umpire that rules our hearts. So, Michelle, before I, I I'm going to pray a little happy things before we go. Do you have any tips on that um, for, for other people who um, maybe they feel falsely accused? So not to bring humor into this. Go ahead. Bring humor into it. So do you remember when we used to watch TGIF? Yeah, thank God it's Friday. It was on Tuesday, so do you remember, was remember it, that? Was it? I know. Yeah. It, so I think it was um, Steve Urkel. Yeah, and um, Carl, wasn't it? Yeah, his name, so. the dad yeah. of Carl, and and Urkel was always giving him a hard time. Yes, and so. Urkel tried to walk him through these, like this counting thing. Do oh, you I remember, remember that yeah. episode. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And he would get so frustrated. And so for the whole episode, Carl is like having to count like one. I remember. Two. Yeah. And and every time like Urkel's like right there on I'm it. Right and in like face, yeah. all I can hear. <laughs> and it's just like time after time after time where I'm just like one, <laughs> two. <laughs> I'm counting to 10. It's just not working. I don't think that one works. No, it doesn't. But the breathe in Holy Spirit, breathe out self, I think does work. I like that one. That was a new one. So what did you ask me for a tip for what? Um, what did you do when you're falsely accused? Because you can't, if you can't get somebody to agree that they falsely accused okay, you. Okay, so the answer for all of these questions is going to be the same. And that is to stop. First of all, you rebuke the devil mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. You Under your breath, you don't have to say it to their face. You're not Jesus to Peter. Okay, I rebuke you, Satan. I've done that to Leah before and that's not nice. Uh, it doesn't work, by the way. <laughs> get thee behind me. Well, it I'm walking on the trail in front of you right now, and I cannot get behind you. It doesn't work. Um, and then you start praying in the Spirit. And if you can get that person to pray in the Spirit with you, then that's great. These tips that I'm giving you are for somebody that's in your life that, that you're semi-equally yoked with, because I'm speaking from experience with Leah on this, because this is where our biggest weakness is. We try to stop and pray in the spirit. And the one thing that Lee and I both do is, God, please show me what you're showing the other person. And you can add, show them what you're showing me. Okay. Uh, so these are a couple of tips. If you're falsely accused from, an, from the outside, that's a full-on demonic attack. And you go on it like that. You just, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have no power. I speak truth to this situation. The truth is going to come to the surface and everybody's going to see it. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. No, but you really have good. to attack the attack. You don't get to get, don't sit there and just keep playing the argument over and over and over again in your head. That's Do you have any helpful. tips for once, you know, once you're the, the adrenaline, you've talked about the adrenaline is just in, in your system. It's just there. Okay. Yeah. No, that's actually really good. These are very, because this is questions. a, this is a physical, she, actual manifestation of that you have you get to where you just want the person to believe what you're saying they're not saying it they're not getting it the adrenaline has gone it's in your body 
It's a physical feeling. And that's something that needs to be recognized. There, There's the demonic, and then there's just a physical response that God created in your body where anger is a literal chemical and drug coursing through your veins like adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need to walk away mm -hmm. from the situation and cool off, okay? Yeah. My way of doing that, generally speaking, is praise and worship music. Mm -hmm. I have the the sound counseling, canceling, noise canceling headphones, and I put those puppies on and I'm blaring it as loud as I can. There's one song that's not praise and worship that sometimes actually really does help me, believe it or not. It's called Dear X, Go and Find It by Disciple. But um, it's a Christian song. It's a Christian song. And it's Dear Pain, It's Been a Long Time. Dear I remember pain, when you were holding me tight, right? And you, so you're speaking to all these emotions and then you speak out throughout the song to whether it's pain or shame or hate, all of these negative emotions. And then you're like, I you found myself in the car just screaming, you don't own me. Go ahead, put a target you can't on my just, forehead. Just, I can't play it, I'm on Facebook. Well, that was not a good representation. All right, so I have a happy video for you guys to move on from that. My mom was playing Deep South Homestead, and they are actually in Zone 7. And guess what they grow? Sugarcane. They grow sugarcane. And I want to show you guys how Deep South Homestead, so if you start in the beginning of the video, and then I'm going to show you how they plant it. And if you are in the South, then I highly recommend you dig. Uh, it's like It looks like you dig about four inches deep. And um, you plant the sugarcane. So I'm very excited One about this. second. I just need to take care of some moderating stuff here. We got some. Just okay. Just leave it. Okay. Just, just give me one second over here. Um, I got a good song for you when we leave. Okay. All right. That is taken care of. And there we go. Right, okay, what? so I want you to go to Deep South Homestead and let's see sugarcane. All the way to the left. There you go. Sugarcane. Sugar, 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 sugar. There we go. Sugar, sugar. Now Sorry. go to the beginning. Oh, wait, there's an ad. Click the ad. Off. The ad. Screen share. Boom, boom. Chicka, chicka. You're very helpful. I'm just helping. Okay, let's go to the beginning and let him explain it oh my gosh, another ad because i went to the beginning it's not fair you not this is fair the worst ad ever okay oh what my gosh half naked cartoons are I you know. kidding me he comes on a lot hello everybody hello Jenny and wanda back from deep south homestead What's a little up, chilly this morning sun's coming up uh we are Hi. here at the sugar cane crop that we have here and you can probably notice a lot of it's laying on the ground you know a lot of the fodder and stuff like that Mark and Chris came and helped me. Uh, the stuff that had fallen down on the ground, we cut all of that stuff off and took it over to Pecan Grove. And we actually planted several wheels of it over there. Hey, he'll show and when you I say planted several wheels of it, that's probably a new term that y'all probably haven't heard me use a lot. All of these are planted in a wagon wheel circle. Ms. Wanda found that on the internet a couple of years ago and in a foreign country. And we thought we would try it here instead of making long rows because technically you can't plow them anyway. Mm -hmm. So we got to thinking might be easier to manage them. Turns out it was easier. Mm. Now each one of these clumps like this one behind me here, they range anywhere from 40 to 60 stalks per wheel of cane, depending on the year, the amount of water you get, uh, 
you know, the density that you plant it, how many years it's been growing in this clump. Now, every three years, you need to clean these clumps up and replant them with new cane. Okay. We're on our third year here with these. This would be the final year for this to be here. So we went ahead and got uh, Chris and Mark to help me plant over at Pecan Grove so that we can get another crop going over there. And guys, uh, a lot of questions get asked to us about sugarcane. Now, we've got a ton of videos on our site about sugarcane. All you've got to do is Google Deep South Homestead and anything about sugarcane, and it should come up. If not, just start looking through the playlist. You should find them in the playlist. Now, we get asked a question. Grow zones. What, what zone can I plant my sugarcane in? I really don't recommend sugarcane above eight mm -hmm. but some people in seven actually grow cane with sugar cane with no problems uh usually once you get to seven eight mm -hmm. now uh takes about a hundred stalks of this sugar cane to make 10 gallons of juice okay it takes about 10 gallons of juice to cook to cook out a gallon of syrup now those ratios may change a little bit depending on whether you have a wet year whether you have a year, this is a year of extreme so drought here for us. Would make uh, and if you don't believe me, the pond's right here over the hill. Oh, see any water. It's like seven to eight foot low. Uh, usually you'd see water right up there around where you see that water. Uh, I, I suspect this year, because it was extremely dry, there's not as much water in the cane. It's probably a lot sweeter this year. And I will probably, when I get ready to make syrup, it probably may not take... Uh, 10 gallons of juice to make a gallon of syrup, it might be a lot more dense than that. Time of the year to plant sugar cane. Guys, it's only in the fall, okay? And from October till about the 1st of so November to I'm going to show you guys how they plant it. So awesome. So for our podcast listeners, turn that music down just a titch. They are taking stalks of sugarcane and they're just cutting them where there's some roots mm -hmm. kind of growing. And they look like reed grass. Mm -hmm. You know when you have um, a, a big tractor? Yeah. There's uh, people that stand around and do nothing. Oh, we're gonna they're gonna have ads. They make they money. make a ton of money for their tractor so, so there's the wagon like wheel wagon that they're wheel. talking about that it uh makes it so that um they grow well it's a lot that they put in one circle yeah it feels like to me uh -huh. okay all right so that's it that's what i wanted that's to show really you guys fun. there all right the um, clip that we're about to watch to play a little clip here of a professor who went on joe rogan a few months ago to talk about the existence of god conversation between Joe Rogan and Stephen Meyer. I'm gonna let him get into it. I'm gonna give you some of my thoughts on the back end. Respect to Joe Rogan for letting him come on and respect to Stephen Meyer for saying yes and laying it out. Here we go, let's go ahead and dive in. I later found what I think are very, very persuasive arguments, both philosophically and scientifically. The thing that really convinced me as a, as a university student doing uh, studying philosophy was the, an argument known as the, the argument from epistemological necessity. 
the fundamental question in modern philosophy that has really just been a stumper and has led to this whole postmodern turn where people don't think there's no objective basis for any reality is the, is the question of the reliability of the human mind. On what basis can we trust the way our minds process all that sensory information? This goes back to, to, to Hume and Kant and some of the philosophers in the uh, Enlightenment period. And from that point forward, there was a great doubt. Maybe we can't trust our minds. Maybe we can't trust. Uh, we have all these things we assume about reality in order to make sense about reality. That every cause has an effect, for example. Um, but we can't prove those things. We have to use those assumptions in order to know anything at all. And hmm. the, the, I encountered this argument that su suggested, well, if, if we try to justify our ability to know the, the world around us by um, by empirical data, by things we observe, this was Hume's argument. Can't do it. Uh, if we, we, uh, he was a radical empiricist and found that, in order to make any sense of the of the sense impressions he had, he had to presuppose the uniformity of nature. But to prove the uniformity of nature, he had to make reference to s sensory observations. And so he was arguing in a circle. And so it came down. You couldn't justify the reliability of assumptions we the, the, we make in our minds by observing the world. You had to use those assumptions to make sense of the observations. But if you presupposed that our minds were made by a benevolent creator who gave us those assumptions in order to make sense of the world that he also made, then there was a principle of correspondence between the way the mind worked and the way the world worked, in which case we could trust the, the basic reliability of the mind. And this turns out to be one of the key foundational assumptions that gave rise to modern science. It was called the idea of intelligibility. Newton, Boyle, Kepler, the great founders of modern science, thought that, they, that nature had secrets to reveal. There were patterns there to be revealed that we could understand because our minds had been made in the image of the same rational creator who had built rationality and design and pattern and lawful order into the world. Do you, do you believe in evolution? I believe in, uh, well, that, that's a... I believe in microevolution. I believe that there are real evolutionary processes. I'm skeptical about what's called universal common descent, the idea that all living forms have evolved from one single common ancestor. I'm profoundly skeptical, uh, skeptical about chemical evolution, the idea that the um, non-living chemicals in a prebiotic ocean or prebiotic soup arrange themselves to form the first living cell. And I'm also skeptical about the creative power of the mutation selection mechanism, which, as it happens, uh, so are many leading evolutionary biologists today. I attended a conference in 2016 at the Royal, convened by the Royal Society uh, in London, the Royal Society being the oldest and most august scientific body in the world. And it was convened by a group of evolutionary biologists who were essentially dissatisfied with neo-Darwinism, the standard textbook theory that we learn in, um, in all high school and college textbooks. And, and many of them were saying, we need a new theory of evolution. The first talk at that conference was given by Gerd Muller, a prominent Austrian evolutionary biologist. And he simply enumerated the five major, uh, what he called explanatory deficits of neo-Darwinism. And his basic perspective was the mutation selection mechanism does a good job of, of uh, optimizing or modifying pre-existing forms. Um, it can generate small-scale variation, but it does a very poor job of explaining the origin of those <coughs> forms. Think about, for example, the Dar Darwin's finch beaks. Great job of explaining 
how s variations in weather patterns result in changes in the shape and structure of the finch beaks. But that mechanism turns out not to do a good job of explaining the origin of birds or ma other m major animal groups in the first place. So uh, modification, yes. Innovation, no. But so modification over massive amounts of time? Don't you think that would eventually lead to new groups? Before we get the answer to that question, I have to say, I just, I love seeing Joe Rogan kind of sitting here, yeah. taking it all in. And I love what you get when he brings on an act, he approaches it the way that he does. That being said, why am I still talking? Let's get back to Stephen Meyer. Because mm -hmm. a lot of new groups have, they have similar origins, or at least origins from uh, one ancestor. Well, time, like primates. Was, yeah, time was always the hero of the plot. But l let me, the, there couple, let me just run okay. a, a couple of arguments by you, and let's see, okay. see what you think. Okay, and I, I developed these in a lot of detail in my book Darwin's Doubt. Um, uh, if we we uh, we now know, thanks to the genetic revolution, the, the molecular biological revolution, that if you want to build a new form of life, yeah. you have at least ha you have to have new code, because all all new forms of life depend upon uh, new anatomical, a, a fundamentally new type uh, type of animal, for example. Um, so you need new anatomical structures from, but the new anatomical structures require new cell types. New types. So, if you got animals that first come on the line have, and they have they have a digestive system, they have a gut. Well, you got to have enzymes that can service a gut that can process food. So, enzymes are types of proteins. Proteins are built from the informational code in DNA. So, anytime you want to get a new, it's just like in the computer world. If you want to give your computer a new function, you've got to provide new code. So um, we have okay, these long string. These um, long this guy has a lot of really cool videos. Um, and I just felt like those were some really good arguments that uh, Joe Rogan had to kind of deal with and uh, grapple with. Like, okay, micro evolution where adaptation is looks like evolution where God has, you know, two of each kind on the arc and then psh, explodes to all the different... Uh, kinds, but not the creation of the kinds. Uh, so that was really cool. But speaking to the beak, it's like, do you have you seen the honkers on humans? I know. But we're all human. Yeah. Very different noses, man. So my mom had watched this video with, from Texas um, is right. Timothy Dixon, and um, he had gotten this prophecy. But in the prophecy that he got, he prophesied some things well, out. No and I want to play a little bit of it, and I hope I get the right timestamp because Amazon he had prophesied that people would be praying all night, they and realized. Michelle and I prayed all night. So I'm going to go back here a little bit. He thinks Trump will be back. Um, I'm not exactly sure on the Trump aspect of it, but he does have some really good prophetic words. And he is better to me at least on 1.5 time. I'm just going to tell you. And we're going to get an ad. We're going to try this and see. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, Lord. We thank you. We're sitting in the Oval Office with his back to me. And I knew, I knew in my dream the man in front of me was the president, the real current president of the United States of America. But when he turned around, it was, it was president, president Donald Trump. So Michelle is and, going to leave. Would you all like to wish happy birthday to oh, Michelle? No, because then I have in to close the, the screen to see the chat. You'll see it. You'll see it back. Not the live chat. I'll leave it up. Oh, you won't see it. Oh, you have to close it on your phone. Well, I could look at it on my phone. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm leaving. Um, we have packages. We will be doing a birthday deal tomorrow, prob probably. Mm, I don't know. I think we should wait till next week. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let them all we'll come see. in. I don't know. We'll see. Time. We'll see. Okay. I and mean, if you wanted to do one tomorrow night, we could. But well, that'll be fun. 
Okay, well, maybe we'll plan for tomorrow night. You guys can look and see and stay tuned for maybe a special birthday weekend episode with Resistance Chicks. Um, We've got packages and letters to open. It's going to be so much fun. We do have packages. If we did do it tomorrow night, what time would we do it? It's up to you. Well, we have dogs to take we care do. of. We do. Between 8 and 9. Uh, so we have to do it at like 9. Uh, so. Eastern Standard. Yes. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. Okay, so ch let's let's just plan on it then, I guess. We'll okay. Just, that way, because everybody's here watching. Yeah. So Saturday the 11th at 9 p.m. Happy birthday, too. And we will do a, we'll do a birthday show with yep. you guys. She'll so, plan their own birthday show. All that stuff that Leah was talking about, um, it may have happened on your sister's birthday, and you may have stayed up all night and not gone to sleep um, until 1030 in the morning in spiritual warfare and all that stuff. That happened last night. So we're on two hours of sleep and yeah. we're going strong. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Yeah. I feel good. I'm going to get the prophetic word here. Keep Amen. And then all of a sudden he started speaking a message that had come from the throne of glory. Hallelujah. And he was saying that Gabriel left me a message that has been delivered to me by the messenger of the Lord. Hallelujah. And now listen to this because this is, this is quite... Quite different, quite different than the, my normal dreams and stuff. But that uh, that had been delivered, the word of the Lord had come to the message from the messenger of the Lord God of all creation. Had brought a message to, and President Trump was pulling a piece of paper out of the desk and was reading it and said that the evil that has come up inside the White House will not stand any longer, but will surely fall to the ground. Listen, listen. From the drawers of the desk sitting in front of the President Trump, President Trump pulled a letter out that had been handwritten and began to read the letter. And it started with, Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. They're falling. They're falling. Then it was like everything that was being read started being acting out right in front of me. Like you could read it and it was taking place. Acting out right in front of me. To see this message that the Lord was wanting America to see. God's hand was coming <clears throat> down on the evil leaders. President Trump started reading, saying the death rattles are in the halls of Congress and the Senate. Death has come to claim their own and to claim some of the lives. The front doors of the White House flew open wide and the wind began to blow extremely loud. And it was whistling. <clears throat> it was whistling as it passed through the columns. The wind pushing on the columns, it was whistling around the column because the wind was blowing so strong. How safe are oh you and your family if your protective firearm... We don't have ads on YouTube anymore. We're not on YouTube. Hear a loud noise that sounded like a gavel being slammed down on a judgment seat. I started walking towards the sound. As I walked, I heard the voice of the Lord. It's the end of their time. No longer will I allow this. No longer will I allow this. No longer will I allow this. Look and listen. Listen to the winds, the winds of change. When I turned a corner to where I could see inside the Oval Office, there was ashes in the seat and all over the place. I heard these words. It's over. It is finished. I heard the gavel slam again. And I then went a little further and I, I turned and there was a, a mighty angel standing where, where the gavel, with a gavel in his hand, slamming it down on the roster. Then the angel with the gavel spoke and said, Donald Trump will win again.
This time, he will fill the seat of the Oval Office. And them that is trying to destroy him, they'll be destroyed by their own nooses, by their own trickery. They will be destroyed by their own judgments. I begin to see different, different people that they started leaving this world. There was angels coming to, to claim the, the different ones, different ones. Because he was saying that the word of the Lord must be preached in all the world. And then the end would come. But nothing will stop the reigning of the latter rain, outpouring of my spirit, says the Lord. For it shall surely come to pass, for the harvest is great. But the laborers are few. I will end this evil that has come out against the righteous. I, the Lord, will stop this. Many, many will come. Many will come to the repentance. Many will come to know me. For the hour of the last days, the last days is upon man. Now, see, Hallelujah. you guys know where we're at on the end times. Most of you know that I do not believe we are in the end times. I think that end times was in AD 70. But I do believe the Bible plays itself out over and over again and that Jesus is coming in a great mighty way and that there's a really good way to interpret even if you get a prophetic word like I think he's getting um, and, and because he's seeing it through his lens of end times, he's he's giving it in a certain way. But actually, the Lord is coming in that direction and the, and the harvest is great and the labors are few. Donald Trump will win again. And I don't know if Donald Trump is going to win again. I'm just going to tell you that right now. But the rest of this word, I think it's pretty powerful. He said, this time, while the old one has fallen into the ashes, and they are no more, and they will not rise again. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman that can hear and understand this war has been won. Listen to the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Victory is sure. Donald Trump will prevail to a place of triumph, and the winds of great change blows upon the mountains. Now remember, there were a lot of prophets during 2020 that were saying these same things. But I'm telling you, I really truly believe that a lot of them, what they're hearing is it's not Donald Trump, and I'm going to interpret it as his dream, okay? Um, is that it's not necessarily going to be Donald Trump that's going to triumph, but the people that have been supporting him and we become a group now so when you see these trump flags you guys know what it mean we, we all you guys know what they meant it meant that those were my people right so we the people who the trump card we are going to win that's what that's why i kind of view this but i just feel like the power of god is on it so if you're sure it is done i will move upon the men and women of power and they will stand and stomp out the residue of what's left from the ashes from the under the soles of the feet of my warriors says the lord of hosts them that fights against me and against my word, yes. they shall pay and reap the things that they have sown. Yes. For the hour is late. The hour is late, says the Lord. Yes. I begin seeing that His how the, the power of God begin to take over. And there was a people that stood up. I seen judges. I seen judges stand up. This is begin important. to stomp out. And I knew that this was this was representing that they had had enough. The people of America began to see what was going on. That it was not just a, a, a an attack against President Trump. It was an attack against our country. They woke up and they realized that this was not about a man. This mm -hmm. is about America and the yeah. freedom of Christianity. That's where I'm getting to that. Hallelujah. Yeah. I've seen God's people begin to pray. I've yeah. seen God's people begin to pray. They begin to get together and begin to begin to pray all night. And the power of God begin to fall from coast to coast. Hallelujah. So mom got that word and mom's like, that is what 
Um, we did. We prayed from coast to coast all night. And I truly believe that you guys are going to be holding more all-night vigils and more all-night prayers. That is what right now that the Lord is calling for everyone, calling for all to fall upon your knees and begin to pray and seek the Lord with all that's in you. Pray with all that's in you. Hallelujah. For we are the victorious. We are the victorious in Christ. Thank yes. you, Jesus. We will. We will win. We will prevail because of the gospel. The gospel's got to be put in all the world. He said, then shall the end come. So I'm not going to say, yes, the, you guys watch our Revelation Red Pill series. Uh, it's on, but, and I do think that he, you get these words and they kind of get a little bit sardors uh, because of the end times fervor, but still the victory and the, and the harvest and the praying um, all, all, all night together, that is definitely the Holy Spirit now. I think the um, near-death experience. I and we are going to take Michelle to go see this movie probably on Sunday. Um, if you live local and you want to go, you can message me. I'm not sure which one we're going to go to yet. But we want to see this after-death movie because I want you guys to be encouraged that there is life after death. But I also want you to know that there's death, hell after death. I think the near-death experience is where science meets religion. There is a process of dying during which I feel the near-death experience occurs. I'm looking down, there's my body, but I'm up here. I can't be dead because I've never felt more alive. The first person I saw was my grandfather. He extended his hands to me and said, Welcome home, Donnie. I knew that I was being held by Christ purely as I know anything. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> the knife had gone all the way through my liver. You were in the hospital bed, right? but you had left your body. People don't believe you when you say the story, but it's just so real. What I've tried to do is put data out there that's been scientifically rigorously collected. What really convinced me is that when they would come back, they actually saw what was going on in the room, even though they were unconscious. She's describing stuff that she just shouldn't know. The whole experience is very calm. Music has been described so beautiful that they say they've never heard anything like it. Some people don't want to come back. Though they lose their fear of death. Every near-death experience is a good one. I sank into a pit of despair and hopelessness that I can't begin to describe. I say, God, if you really exist, I need your help. So I called up to him. Heaven is light. God is light. You realize that you are not a body. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're going to realize that you're not a body. So you guys can actually go to Angel Studios. Let's see uh, the link here. And what's neat, if you go and, and you do it, you go in a group, you can get group tickets. So um, it says buy five, get five. So if you go at one showtime, basically um, you don't have to take 10 people. Um, but if you take anywhere between five and 10, you're going to just pay for five people. And um, that's pretty cool. And if you guys can, you want to take a group, um, Michelle and I and Matt will probably go um, Sunday, probably to our local um, one. But they do not have refills on popcorn. I just need to let you guys know. So I don't know. 
Regal Theater does, but I don't know. I like a 7 o'clock showing. Anyways, that's what we're going to be doing for Michelle's birthday. And uh, I just love you guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you all who sent in cards. I was able to go to the P.O. Box and get them. And, um, you know, I told Michelle, I told, uh, actually, um, I told Michelle, I said, I'm not the best at dropping out all the encouragements that I need to give to Michelle and saying, you've done a really good job on this. You've done a really good job on that. Uh, because she does so much that I'm not able to keep track of it all. She puts together the shows. She does all the tech stuff. Um, there's so much that she does that I don't even know that she does. So I was like, if everybody could like send a card to Michelle and just say, Hey, I appreciate you. Um, I was actually a little bit selfish on my part. Cause then I would be like, look, Michelle, look what I did. I asked all these people to tell you how great you were in areas where I'm not actually able to recognize that you're great. So, uh, because you guys know that a, uh, an encouragement goes, um, it just, it just goes, uh, just, it just, it, it fills your heart. Okay. And so um, when we encourage people, when we love people, uh, and I just want to encourage you guys today um, that you guys are on the front lines, that you're doing a good job, and breathe in the Holy Spirit, breathe out yourself. And as we begin to breathe in the Holy Spirit and out ourselves, as every, I, I just feel like with every breath we take, we're exhaling more of ourselves out. And we, if we do that consciously, like in our brains and in our, our spirits, we're not going to be stuck in the logic realm, but go to the spirit realm. And so, Father God, I just pray that everybody watching right now, um, that their their spirits will illuminate their minds instead of their minds stopping up the spirit. And I pray, Father God, that we would not get stuck in logic, that we would not get stuck in trying to debate in a logical realm, but we would just um, allow your Holy Spirit, we breathe in your Holy Spirit, breathe out ourselves. And I just thank you, Father God, that there is a glory happening right now around the world, that there are revivals happening from coast to coast, and that people are praying all night, that things are changing, that you are having another coming. I don't believe it's the end of the world, but it's another coming, another reshaping, another reformation, as Krista Elijah talks about, um, as these denominations kind of close down, as these house churches uh, bloom with uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, from children to old people, uh, apostles, of prophets, teachers, preachers, evangelists, and Father God, as you begin to run us all through the fire um, and, and you're judging us and as we lay things bare. We thank you, Father God, that as we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you guys um, need to do any confession right now, just right now say, Jesus, if there's anything in me, anything I've done, anything I've said, uh, would you bring it to the surface so that I can recognize what that is? Would you bring judgment on the nation? And would you bring your justice and judgment to me? Would you lay bare uh, the dark secrets of my heart so that they're not dark anymore? Because when those dark secrets come to the surface, then I can be who you've called me to be. And if we've got the dark secrets in our heart, if we've got this pain, if we've got this shame, just Lord God, bring it to the surface. Allow us to recognize it. Allow us to bring the Holy Spirit to the situation. Allow us to bring Jesus' situation. If we've done things wrong, you know, uh, Corey, Gray was a drug dealer. He was a, a he got arrested on, on on gun charges, and he had twenty six demons said that he cast out of him himself. And um, but he's not that person anymore. And so he goes back to those situations, and and he says, you know what, God, I ask you to bring healing to when I did this to this person. I did this. I didn't do it. I ask you to bring healing to this person that I may have hurt, or this person that I might have trauma because of something that I've said or that I've done. And I thank you, Father God, that you're healing families right now. That the most bitter, broken uh, hearts are coming to you right now. And as we just confess our, our sins, as we confess our thoughts, as we confess our actions to one another, um, you are faithful and just to forgive it. 
And I thank you, Father God, that your your river flows and that forgiveness flows. And when you allow the Holy Spirit into those dark parts, when you allow the Holy Spirit to flow, then the round around you can flourish. Then things can grow. But you don't want these things buried down deep inside of you. You don't want to bury them down. You don't want to say, but if I let it out, it's going to hurt. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about letting it out and letting it out on other people. What we're talking about is finding out why am I acting like this? Why is that trigger happening? Why am I so sad at this situation? Did so many, somebody did love me somebody hurt me we're if, if you're an adult and you've been through the ringer of life i'm sure at some point that's why we want to raise our kids up to love god so that that when they're our age they don't have to go back and rework their memories right now we're teaching kids at seven eight nine years and old uh to to bring healing to the situation and i will tell you something i want to read uh, i want to leave this uh email here absolutely beautiful email if i can find it here I know that my Redeemer lives. Glory, hallelujah. I had another song queued up. But I might do that on Sunday. All right. Is this it? Yeah. Happy birthday, Michelle. Psalm 4010. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from great assembly. I read this verse this morning in last night's session on my mind regarding Ohio's vote. The Lord show me that this is what you do every day. You live and breathe truth, which you have allowed God to write in your heart because of your faithfulness and your willingness to lay down your life because of Jesus Christ. I'm compelled to walk as Joshua walked in boldness. Really, I cannot express the gratitude that I have for the ministry that God has called you into. I I'm thankful for your obedience and as you have mentioned last night your time and your faithfulness it has been little over a month since um my my granddaughter who lives with me i don't know if she wants her name out there and i came to the campfire and i had to tell you uh they came to the revival down the uh, three doors down i have to tell you that this little one is not the same person now this little girl uh doesn't really know her mother i think her mother's on drugs the grandmother uh she lives with her grandfather grandmother and grandfather and we got a chance to pray with her uh and, and speak life into her um, a fire has been lit in her heart, deep into her soul. She constantly speaks and asks about the things of God. Leah specifically prayed about her academic learning, and she has not complained even once since the campfire. We get her work finished in less than half the time, and we are now reading the Bible together in peace. She is thoughtful, kind, uncomplaining, and she has peace in her mind. Before the campfire, she would not pray out loud. Now she asks to pray and is very bold. And tells the demons to flee because Jesus already stomped on Jason's G, G, uh, on Satan's head and Jesus is Lord. And you also told me to listen and hear her when she speaks because God speaks to her. And we did say that. My mom always taught me that to tell to tell parents to listen to your kids because God is speaking to them. Um, and so they're listening. She says, my husband and I took this to heart and we both agree that this is the main cause of her having peace. You spoke truth to me and God in his loving kindness towards me graciously used your words to show my husband and I that we have been uh, disagree uh, disregarding her contributions. Since that night, I have asked our other now adult children to forgive me for disregarding them and not listening to them. They used to scream at us, you don't listen. And I always responded, responded with, oh, we hear you. Uh, you say that because you have not experienced real life. All I have to say is thank you, and I will be praying diligently that all of us who listen and watch will listen to the Holy Spirit prompting and support the resistance chicks financially. That's great. 
Um, you both said it so perfectly last night. It has crossed my mind many times about how much it must require to put the shows together, the search, the study, and the technical. And so just thank you so much. That um, is from Sherry, one of, one of our Sherry's in the, in the chat there. And those are the kind of emails that say, wow, you know, that worked. And we've been really speaking into kids' lives and trying to make it so that they don't have to go through what we went through. And, and, and what we've done is we've gone to our past as kids and bring ourselves back to our childhood. And I'll tell you what, you know, I had, I had this memory, um, in, in Bible college that I hadn't brought healing to. And I, I just had it cause it just, it just nagged at me. And God is saying, it's time to bring this to the surface because if you don't, you're going to be triggered in the future on this, on this particular topic. But you have to be able to let people go. You have to be able to tell the truth, breathe Jesus in, breathe yourself out and let the chips fall where they may. And you cannot allow their frustration, their anger, their um, animosity, their unbelief in what you're saying to, to uh, have a hold on your mind. And I was like, wow. I mean, it was really, really kind of a, a, a kind of a brain thing that I was like, wow, I didn't know that this needed to come to the surface to be healed, but it did. And, um, so I just want to encourage you guys. My mom made a really cool post about going through healing and I'll read that, um, really quickly before I leave. I think she put it on resistance tricks about, um, how long it takes sometimes to, um, go through healing and kind of work through things, um, and get to that place of perfect peace. All right, let's see here. Where is Madre? Oh, and by the way, November 9th, uh, 1620, the Mayflower arrived at Cape Cod, according to William Bradford. Uh, then they proceeded to sail southward to find some place about Hudson's River for their habitation. But after they had sailed that course about half a day, they felt... They fell amongst dangerous shoals and roaring breakers. The Mayflower was able to return to Cape Cod Harbor, Provincetown's Harbor, and it was decided to search Cape Cod for a suitable place to settle instead. Um, that's always kind of cool because it lands on Michelle's birthday. And if you guys didn't see our videos from last night at the Candace Keller Pregnancy Center, please go to our Resistance Chicks page um, on Rumble or BitChute or Brideon or uh, Facebook and see some of those videos because they were very powerful. Um, Okay, Madre, where's your post on getting things? Okay, she says, uh, real repentance, true repentance takes a while. You have to remember everything you have done and your relatives did to you. Your government has done and let God fix it all. Since you have been and have been part of a society that is counterfeiting money, forcing godless education, promoting promiscuity your entire life. I'm, I'm missing life there, sorry. There is a lot to come out of agreement with. Uh, we're recognizing that it's not just the Masons and not just the movie and the craft, that anything that is disagreement with God that we're in agreement with and we're going down the path of, we have to come out of agreement with those thoughts and renounce and denounce it all. Uh, sometimes it's not necessarily demonic per se, but it is of the fallen world. So it is pretty much demonic. Um, turn to God for his Holy Spirit to lead. And I kind of think of it this way. Sometimes the demonic passes your, your cross, cr crosses your path, sorry. Um, and then you have to undo what happened then. It uh, doesn't mean that a demon's hanging around. Uh, it, it's just like a demonic encounter broke something. Um, somebody came with a demonic encounter and it kind of, your brain just broke in that time frame, time snap of your life. Turn to God for his Holy Spirit to lead you into the whole truth. Ask God to help you reclaim it all. Men are to trust God to provide for them, not collectivism, capitalism, or feminism. You're sending your kids to public school, sending your kids to daycare. Now, don't feel guilty if you have to. You're in a system. So come out of agreement with the system. 
I don't send my kids to public school and I don't send my kids to daycare. And I, as a Christian woman, even if I'm single, I am going to be a stay-at-home mom. You just say it over and over again. My mom used to do that. Um, she'd say that because she was a young mom and she would just say, I'm, I'm supposed to be this. This is my calling. I'm called to be a mom, even though she was forced to go to work and put us in different um, with different babysitters and here and there. Um, she's like, no, I'm called to be a mom. I'm called to stay home and raise my kids. I am called to stay home and raise my kids. I am going to do this one day. Um, it wasn't until we were older uh, in, in high school. And that was when Michelle and I prayed that she would be able to stay home. And um, she's been kind of home ever since. Uh, so it's been that's a prayer that you can pray because it's a righteous prayer. Right. Um, men are to trust God and she, it's not like she's in anything. I'm going to tell you what. Okay. Um, women who work at home are doing real work in my opinion. Uh, ask God to help you reclaim it. Um, men are to trust God to provide for them, not collectivism, capitalism, feminism. Those all enslave mankind to sin against each other by forcing those religious beliefs on everyone else. Build a house, a barn with your own two hands, a pond, a well, plow your own fields, milk your own cow. Uh, getting married and having children is the guarantee of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence from other dictates, but extremely high moral, wholesome, and good. Uh, no one will live well in an immoral criminal society. And I think she put that on our um, video there with uh, our buddy Bill, or Bill, Brad Cummings. So... I love you guys. Go check out on our Facebook page. I got some cool pictures. You guys are probably, some of you might be in those pictures uh, for Michelle's birthday. And that is kind of a fun thing. Um, maybe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, can I play? I think I can play it because um, I'm going to play a little piece of it because it's a Facebook video. I think they can let you play it because it's one of the, it's, it's so real as I'm reeling it, reeling back. So let's see. Oh, I can't bring up the Facebook because this is up. Okay, forget it. All right, so we're going to, I have another song I'm going to play, I think, on Sunday. I love you guys. God loves you. Um, if I've got comments here to read, put my glasses on. Uh, amen. I'm single, and I, I am a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. Appreciate the validation. Woohoo! That is awesome. You are validated tonight, Carrie. Praise the Lord. I pray that God's blessings will be on you and in you. Um, they just make up their own way of living in this world and expect us to go along with it. I am not playing with them. Thank you, Terry. That is so good. Um, all right. Okay. So I'm going to leave. I just got it. What are we going over here? Michelle, do I have any other windows to be looking at? No, I don't know. There I am. Thank you for understanding. We appreciate you. I see you guys are going back and forth in the chat or something. Um, we are praying to the Lord Jesus who owns the victory, heading over to Bards. Okay. He's, he's, although he's having pod bean problems again. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, um, Mass Faith. Uh, thank you. Love you guys. Love your work. Stay strong. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful uh, to be here learning with this with all you guys. Uh, who does your exit song? That is Serge De Rosa. We love that guy. He's our friend. Uh, his, uh, what is, oh, what's his music called, Michelle? Serge De Rosa. You can find him on Facebook. Serge De Rosa. Duh, D.A. Rosa, Terza Rosa. Uh, thank you so much for understanding, PG. Uh, we appreciate you so much. I'm going to, let's see. Okay, stay strong in the Lord. Okay, where are you guys going? What are you doing? You see President Trump? Okay, cool. All right, have a good time. All right, we see. We will see you guys later, uh, probably tomorrow for a birthday uh, party here. We're going to have a birthday party, I believe, for Michelle around 9 o'clock. Uh, it's going to open up some presents. You guys sent some cards. Um, Michelle's 40th birthday. We have dogs here, so we really can't go anywhere. I have a I have the most adorable, I'm going to take a picture. You guys are with me until the end, so I'm going to show you this right now. This is what, um, 
this is what this looks like right now. Okay, so I have this dog here um, at my feet right there. Okay, and then this dog here lying down. Absolutely adorable, super fun, puppy-like still, golden retriever mutt dog who is absolutely the funnest, cutest dog who they need to go outside potty. And we're going to take a W, which is we're not going to say, you know, because then they get excited, right? All right, we're going to take a W. All right, I love you guys. God, I just pray for blessings on all of you. I pray for forgiveness. I pray for God's judgment, but now I'm second-guessing myself. Just kidding. Um, I thank you, Father God, that you are judging this nation, that you're bringing all of our brokennesses to the surface to be healed in Jesus' name. We are breathing in the Holy Spirit. We are breathing out ourselves. We are now learning in the name of Jesus how to how to how to control any sort of anger or animosity. It's with the power of the Holy Spirit. If you can, if you've got brothers and sisters who will pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit over certain things. Um, and I just bind and gag Satan from attacking you. I thank you for these little babies who are binding and gagging Satan from attacking them. I thank you for protecting them. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for my sister and her birthday. I pray that it's blessed. I thank you, Father God, that her 40th year is blessed. I thank you, Father God, that everybody right now that your life is blessed, that you are valued, that you were supposed to be here, that God has a wonderful plan for your lives today. As we breathe in the Holy Spirit, breathe out ourselves. I'm just going to keep doing it because every time I do it, it's like I get this rush of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I'm just, I got a lot of self to get out. I can just feel it. Okay. Breathe in the Holy Spirit, breathe out myself. Breathe in the Holy Spirit, breathe out myself. Because I'm telling you, it is no fun to be yourself. It is only fun to be the Holy Spirit. All right. Okay. Uh, I took the dogs out. Oh, you did? Oh. Mom says, Leah, you're still on the screen share. You're sharing. Oh, oh, look, it's empty. Who took the dogs out? Woof, woof, woof. Who took the dogs out? Okay. All right. We love you guys. We'll see you later. And I have to do the ending, right? Uh-oh, Michelle, which ending? Is it just an ending? Every day, so afraid, but you got my name.